Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Living the dream on a fabulous Sunday. It is Fox Football Sunday. Harbin and Salam with you. Coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more in your conscience. Visit Geico.com for a free rate. Well, well, Ephraim, here we are on another Sunday together. I have to admit right out of the box, you know, I'm a very, very open guy, yes, right? Yes, very, very open. Very open. Probably share more about me than, <laughs> as Ephraim knows than I should. That's However, okay. I love that quality about you. <laughs> yeah, I don't, a great I don't, quality. I don't have a lot of secrets out there. <laughs> uh, last night, one of the one of those nightmares. So I, I'm doing TV last night, and I'm checking my phone, and and I thought, ah, I forgot to charge it. It's down to like 15 percent, and I'm thinking, well, I don't really want to go back to my car. The only charger I have is in the car, so I just wait until I get off work and then charge up the phone. And about five minutes later, I look over the phone, and it is dead. I'm like, wow, that 15% won by real quick. Really fast. That's uh, five minutes. That doesn't normally happen. I wasn't worried about it. You know, I feel like I'll get get to my car, plug in the uh, charger, and I do, and driving along, and I'm looking over the phone, and there's nothing. There's there's not a pulse. And I'm like, what the heck is going on? Um, What happened was my battery died. I have one of those Samsung 7s, and, uh, oh, we're going to get you updated on the games. Anyway, I've been scrambling all morning trying to get my car, uh, car, a phone, a new phone set up, which I have. Meanwhile, scrambling to get everything updated on all the games right now. The Chargers, by the way, have taken the lead back from the Cardinals. Actually, their first lead of the game. Chargers leading this one 14 to 10. 
This was not supposed to be a close game, from This was supposed to be a nice, easy Charger two-touchdown victory. It still may be, but the Cardinals came out and showed a little fire in this game. Well, you know, uh, under tutelage of new offensive coordinator Byron Leftwich, yes, uh, Josh Rosen has, has, has calmed down. And the theme that I noticed out of all of the games today were the young quarterbacks, this group of quarterbacks, this class of quarterbacks we talked so much about in preseason, leading all the way up to the regular season. Now we really get to evaluate them and see where they stand. And Josh Rosen is making those steps. He's getting better. He's came out, caught the charges off guard, drove the 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 uh, Arizona Cardinals downfield twice, got points uh, out of both drives. So I, I think we can look at these guys and in, in their small sample size of work. And we can really start to make uh, some assessments in their abilities and and how we think they'll fare moving forward. All right, so it's fourteen ten Chargers. But if you want a a stunning stat in this game, and again there are about seven minutes to go on the first half, Rivers has already been sacked four times. This is a quarterback that does not get sacked, Ephraim. He's very proficient, even though he's not a mobile quarterback, but just getting rid of the ball. He doesn't get sacked often. That offensive line has played very well for the Chargers this year. Four sacks already for the Arizona Cardinals. Is that more that Arizona is bringing it right now, maybe giving the Chargers a different look? Or maybe that Charger offensive line is springing some leaks right now? Well, it's a combination of both. And, and when you're the Arizona Cardinals, you don't have anything to lose. Yeah. You don't have anything to lose. So what you're going to do is you're going to turn up the pressure you're going to make Philip Rivers beat you, make decisions, uh, and and you're going to err on the side of being aggressive. You're not going to sit back and accept what the Chargers plan to do with you, and, and I, it's working in their favor. Although they're down uh, fourteen to ten, it shows some early life. It's been you know early on, and Philip Rivers has been you know pretty much running for for his life. So in order for them to have a chance in this game, they know. They have to keep Phillip Rivers off his spot. All right, other two games going on right now. The Broncos coming off that win last week on the road against the Chargers are shutting out the Steelers, at least through the first quarter. It's 3 nothing Broncos early in that second quarter right now. Uh, you know, when this season began for the Broncos, everyone was trying to figure out, will Case Keenum make any difference in the offense? The answer is no. Uh, their offense <laughs> has been pedestrian all season long. But everyone said, look, they still have a really good defense. We haven't seen a lot of that defense, but it seems to be getting a little better as the season advances. Is, is Vance Joseph going to survive this year? I mean, what? how many games are they? They're at four and six going into yeah, this game. Yeah, four and six. How many games do they have to win for Vance jo- Joseph to see a third year as Broncos coach? They got to at least be eight and eight. You know, they I have agree. to eight eight at least be good. eight and eight. Uh, you can build off eight and eight. I, I just think they didn't have the prolific type of offense they thought they were going to get um the one bright spot for them offensively is Philip Lindsay he came out of nowhere nobody outside of Colorado knew who this young man was uh him going to school up there in that area and he's been the the consummate uh a workhorse for them uh in the backfield and out of the backfield so if anything you know Case Keenum gets squared away offensive line is a little banged up some pieces moved around they're not the Broncos we thought we'd see. We thought they were a quarterback away from being a really talented team. There's still some work to be done there. They have tremendous weapons on the outside. Uh, they have a dynamic running back, and we'll just see if Case Keenum can can really be the difference 
like he was last year in Minnesota. All right, well, joining us right now is a man that called all the action, Giants at the Eagles. Eagles coming away with a narrow victory. Tom Brenneman is joining us right now. Tom, thanks so much. You know, this has been a strange season, obviously, for the defending Super Bowl champions. Uh, did you see anything to indicate that they may have a miraculous run to a playoff spot for the balance of this season? Well, they got a mighty tough schedule. I think it's the second toughest schedule in the entire NFL the rest of the way. So you start with that. But the good news for them is, is they are playing a lot of games, obviously, like everybody else is inside their division. And right now, they're only one game out of first place. Their defense has been brutal for the better part of the last, you know, four weeks until the second half today. And then all of a sudden, somehow, some way, they, they got it completely turned around. I'm still scratching my head wondering how in the world, you know, Barkley goes for 200 yards, nearly 200 yards of offense in the first half and touches the ball four times in the second half. But that's a different story. Yeah, what, did, did, they ever, did anyone ever mention anything in postgame about uh, was he banged up or – uh, it just didn't well, make I sense. I did not hear anything. In a, I mean, you know, we, we, we got out of there pretty quick to yeah. try and get to the airport. I did not hear anything come out of the postgame. But, but that's not because, you know, nothing did come out of the postgame. I just don't know about it. But I certainly would be interested to know if you guys find out. Yeah, we we definitely going to dig into that. And, and watching that game, it, in the first half, like you said, it seemed like Saquon Barkley uh, had everything going the Giants' way. All of a sudden, was I don't know if it was adjustments uh, that the Philadelphia Eagles made, but for the most part, he was just standing on the sideline. I, I didn't know what was going on. I didn't either. I mean, you know, he, the first game, even though Philadelphia blew the Giants out 34-13, to 13, the guy ran for 130 yards, and he had 99 yards receiving. And so, you know, he had 220 combined yards from scrimmage the first time they played, and he had half that, almost half that, well over half that, I beg your pardon, in the first half. And it's, it's just, you know, I, I'm not smart enough to know it's above my pay scale whether or not Jim Schwartz, you know, uh, made some adjustments. Chris Spielman certainly was impressed. I know that with, with the defense that they played in the second half. Tom, getting back to the Eagles for a moment here, uh, I mean, I don't think a lot of people would have thought at this point in the season that Josh Adams was going to be their leading ball carry. He had a nice yep. game today. Uh, but, you know, with Carson Wentz coming off the injury, really all focus has been on him. I mean, we assume going into the season, once he got back in the field, he was would resume that MVP style of play that we saw a year ago, and we've seen it in spots, but not consistently. So what's been missing from what you've seen with the Eagles so far this year? Well, guys, I mean, to be honest with you, I mean, I think that that injury takes a lot longer yeah. to get back from than you think it does. I mean, you know, this guy injured this, what, with four weeks left in the season last year? Yep. So we're, we're basically at about a year right now. And so, you know, I, look, they, they've had to play behind all the time. I mean, when they took the lead today, it was the first time that they had had a lead in a game going back to when they played in London at the end of October. He's been forced to throw the ball, I think, far more than the Eagles ever want to throw it. We saw last year they love to run the football. Peterson's all about, you know, having a nice combination of running and passing the ball. I think that the stat was, that, you know, what are they, 0-9 in, uh, in Wentz's career when he's thrown over 308 yards in a game? I mean, so, you know, obviously they're not built, even if he's 100% healthy. I I'm not so sure, and I could be wrong. There might be people that know a lot more about the game than me that would differ on this opinion. But I don't know if right now Carson Wentz is the kind of guy that's going to go win a game for you in a 39-35 to, to, to 35 shootout. I just don't know if he's that guy. And when you have all these different running backs that they've had that have been hurt, uh, Jai's out, uh, Sproles has not played, 
you know, you bring in Josh uh, Allen, who uh, has a great star-studded career at Notre Dame, has some off-the-field issues they're a little concerned about. I mean, this guy was one of the great backs in Notre Dame history. He doesn't get drafted. And all of a sudden, they, you know, he's a local kid. They took a chance on him. And I tell you what, he's a good-looking player, man. Yeah. Good-looking player. Yeah, and, and I think you're right about that injury. I think uh, a couple years ago when uh, Adrian Peterson came back so fast from his ACL injury, his knee injury, people changed their expectations of of, of, of the healing rate. And, and it does take more than a year. Usually the second year after a player has a traumatic knee injury like that, like Wentz did, he comes back to form. So this is kind of like his filling out year, but the pressure's on defending Super Bowl champs. Nobody wants to sit back and, and wait for him to get into the groove. They're expecting him to hit the ground running. Well, they are, and they really don't have that guy over the top anymore without Torrey Smith. They've got some really good receivers, but they don't have guys that you're worried about beating you with a long ball down the field. I mean, Jeffrey's a nice player. Earth is a great player. Uh, you know, they bring in Golden Tate, who really haven't been a part of the offense yet, but he's more a possession kind of receiver. So, you know, uh, Chris Newman kept pointing out time after time how their receivers were just not getting much separation at all from the Giants' secondary today. Well, I'll tell you what, Tom, I, I was just looking at the schedules. We've been speaking here and some interesting games next week with the Eagles hosting the Redskins, who obviously yep. are still smarting with the loss of Alex Smith. Meanwhile, the Cowboys are hosting the Saints. Yep. Now, if the Cowboys lose and the Eagles win, then all of a sudden they're tied up and then the yep. Cowboys host the Eagles the following week. So it's not over for the Eagles. I mean, this no. NFC East is certainly up for grabs. I mean, it's conceivable 9-7, and seven, maybe even worse, may end up winning this division. So, uh, But again, the Eagles still have, boy, they got some games. They have to play at the Rams and everything else. So they got a lot of games coming up. Yeah, they do. And, but, but like you said, I mean, the bottom line is, is that if most people would have said, hey, you're 5-6 and six after 11, you're the defending Super Bowl champs, you're going to figure in just about every other division in the NFL, you're done. Nowhere close to that in the NFC East this year. Tom, as always, man, we really appreciate your time. Thanks so much. Guys, be well. Take care. Absolutely. All right, Fox Sports, Tom Brenneman calling that Giants-Eagles game. So, again, from when you look at the Eagles, uh, it's 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 a tough road. I mean, they've got the Redskins at home. Again, they have to win that game. And if the Cowboys lose to the Saints at home, then it's Eagles at the Cowboys for first place, conceivably, in the NFC East. The problem for the Eagles is the very next week, they're at the Rams. Rams yeah. And then they got the Texans at home. And then they have to finish at the Redskins. So the Eagles well, really well, have a loaded schedule. Well, that's what happens when you win the Super Bowl. Yes. Right? You, yeah. know, you don't get to have the cakes. Uh, I think the only team that comes off a Super Bowl and has a cake schedule is New England. For some reason, it always seems to be that way. And it may have something to do with that terrible division that they play in. I mean, it's no real competition in that Coop division. It yeah. hasn't been that way for over a decade and a half. So... It just always seems like New England falls on a, a soft, fluffy pillow uh, coming off a of Super Bowl. But everybody else, they had a, a, a long road to hoe, man. All right. Uh, meanwhile, the Chargers have added another touchdown. Melvin Gordon's already his second touchdown of the game. So the Chargers now taking control against the Arizona Cardinals, leading this game 21-10. to 10. Four minutes ago. All right, we're just getting started here in the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. A very pivotal week. In the National Football League, who's moving in the right direction? We're going to tell you coming up next. Steve Harbin and Ephraim Salam, who got great news. There's a quick way for you to save money. Switch to Geico. Go to geico.com and in 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on your car insurance. This is the last bye week 
in the NFL, the Chiefs and Rams after that unbelievable Monday game. I haven't even talked to you about that Monday game. Let's I mean, talk about it because I, that thing. All right, so the Chiefs became the first team ever to score 51 points in an NFL game. And lose. And lose. I, you know, you would say, oh, man, it doesn't get better than that. Back and forth, great skilled guys, all those points. But I, I have some of those purest friends of mine <laughs> of course. that were just aghast. We all have those. Saying that, uh, you this know. Is a, this is a disgrace. It, it is a disgrace to watch this league completely disregard all defense. And, of course, I reminded him there were three defensive touchdowns in this game. Don't tell me Aaron Donald wasn't playing any defense. That guy's ridiculous, by the way. Yeah, he's uh, he's a game changer. Woof. Literally. And strip sacks. I mean, this the, guy is the, unreal. But you look on both sides, and it was defense being played. It just the offense is so good. I mean, we had defensive scores on both. I mean, it was just crazy going on. Sack, fumbles, interceptions. But the off- offenses are so powerful, they outshine everything. All right. Joining us right now is a man that's one step closer oh. to his rightful place in yeah, the Pro Football buddy. Hall of Fame. Once again, he's made the cut on that semifinalist list. Mm. Next up will be the My finalist <laughs> list, and then, you know, a couple of cuts away, and then Rondé Barber will have that bust in Canton, Ohio. Rondé, how you doing, man? I'm good, guys. How you doing, man? Good, We good. are doing well. Well, first, you- well Rondé, first, we want to apologize for you having to have this game. <laughs> I was okay? to say. I just, uh, I, 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 I want to just it's apologize. Game, I, I, so get I get it's it. I get it. I understand, but I still want to apologize for you having to actually watch it. All right. And talk about it yeah so, well, there well you go. let's talk about winston for a moment here okay, okay. i mean obviously this has been an all over the place a season for Jameis winston a lot of yeah. people think that his time has come and gone in tampa the numbers were pretty good today two touchdowns no picks 312 yards passing what do you see ronde with uh Jameis? Well, well coming into the game obviously the the the, the only narrative to talk about is giveaways this, this team is Three, well, coming in the game three and seven, and they easily could have been two or three more wins. With but they come in with twenty three giveaways. I mean, it's impossible to win football games. And, and to, to the point that you guys are making, talking about offensive football, the only equalizer is is, is turnovers. If you give the ball away, you can't win in, in today's NFL because there is zero defense being played anywhere. Um, and that's not all defenders' fault. It's just kind of the nature of the way things have played out. But Jameis played well today, and talking to him this week uh, on Friday, we got sit down with him and share some, some of his thoughts and insights going forward. And he, he's like, look, we know he has his arm talent. He could throw the football over the place, any, yeah, all his receivers. But he had to be simple. He had to take what was given to him, and he did that today. It was the first time that I've seen him not be careless with the football, and, and, it, and it resulted in, 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 in a big W for, for him, the team as well, but for him specifically, because uh, you guys know, with what he's dealt with, the suspension early in the game, the number of turnovers, the inconsistent play, he doesn't have any cachet built up with anybody covering him or watching him play. So the only way he can come back from that is to win football games, and he looked like a competent quarterback today. It was, it was actually pretty impressive. Let me ask you this, I, and I know you speak with him uh, prior to the game. You're there mm-hmm. at practice looking at things. Have you ever pulled him aside and just gave him some advice in terms of how to be a pro? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I haven't done that, but I know guys have. Um, I talked to James back when he first got here about being a pro, and I know Derek Brooks uh, was big uh, with him in that regard, too. Um, but at the end of the day, he's still a young kid. Um, I was telling a friend of mine after the game, um, he's 24 years old, and he can't make any more mistakes in life, or he won't be in the NFL. Right. I, I think about that. 
think about that. Regardless of the skill set, you know what he is as a, as a passer in the NFL. He's got to be a different guy off the field, and to be honest with you, he seems like he's changed. He has a, a more humble approach. I saw that earlier in the year, uh, and I think the the struggles that he's been through this year as a quarterback is even made it more of an emphasis for him. Um, but you know, as a player, he's he's talented. You can't deny that he has the talent. He definitely um, has the talent. I mean, the talent is there. The arm strength. Yeah. It's just for the last three years, it's always been about decision making, and yeah. it's funny how that carries over from on to off the field as isn't well, it, isn't it? Isn't it crazy how how it is? And because things things pile on you, right? If you're if you're if you're playing great on the field, it just the nature of society we live on live in. If you're playing well, people tend to forget you and forget some of the things that you, the bad things that you do. But in today's world, you can't get away with any of that stuff. We no. had a situation today with Ruben Foster. He gets arrested last night. Uh, I was with John Lynch last night, and texted him. was like, hey, you want to go grab some dinner? He never te- got back to me. Woke up this morning, hear that Reuben Foster gets uh, in uh, a domestic violence charge, gets arrested at the hotel, and they cut him this morning. And you know, those, those type of life decisions, it, it, it cripples you as a person. Forget your career. It cripples you as a person. He's always going to have to answer for that. And there's a little bit of that going on with Jameis. People in this community, as much as, you know, he, as well as he played today, he's still going to go back to his personal life, uh, especially if you're not winning. So it, it's a challenge, but you know, just hope that he has turned the corner in that regard. And, you know, the play on the field gets better because of it. The future Hall of Famer, Rondé Barber, is joining <laughs> yeah. us right now. And, of course, you might be joined by one of your former teammates, John Lynch, who once again yep. made the semifinalist list. list. And, and, of course, you know, John – Taking over as the general manager of the 49ers, there was yep. a lot of hype. I mean, when I think about it, before the season, there were people honestly saying that this was going to be equal playing field between the Rams and yeah. the 49ers. But even yeah. before Garoppolo's injury, I thought it was pretty apparent that the 49ers were not even close to the same class. So they're sitting at 2-9 and nine right now. One of those wins was against the Raiders. I don't know if you mm-hmm. know it can count that game. So, um, I mean, where are they right now? How is your former teammate, you know, Mr. Lynch there, done in putting together enough personnel when, if Garoppolo comes back full strength, that yep. they're back in the mix? What do you think? I think, Ephraim, you can agree with me here. When you have a quarterback, you have a chance. Yeah. So when Jimmy gets back, you have a chance. But that being said, they are very deficient of talent, and they know that. So I think Kyle Shanahan, John Lynch, just talking to him and reading some of their uh, quotes from this week, they got to find guys that are here now that are going to be with them next year. That's their goal going into the right. rest of the season because you're going to go make a splash in free agency. You have to. If you want to be able to compete against the Rams, uh, you know, Seattle, too. I mean, Seattle's going to, mark my word, Seattle's going to bully somebody out of the playoffs this year. They're going to find a way to do it. So to, to match those guys, you need players. They don't have players right now. And and where they do have some good players, they're young, like Keller Witherspoon, who just can't get right for whatever reason. People want them on the bus. But you look at their defense, they got three first-round defensive linemen, and none of them have really been what you expect them to be. The force bucking to a degree is, uh, but they just got a long way to go. And today they were without uh, two receivers. Marquise Goodwin had a serious personal issue at home. Prayers with him. You, you, you don't have the, uh, uh, Pierre Garcon. So you've got three young receivers who probably came into the game with less receptions than Mike Evans in a career than Mike Evans has this year. So you're, you're deficient. You're defunct. Um, what they have is like a great running back. I think 
Breida has shown that he can be a pretty good running back. It'll be a compliment to whoever their, their star is next year. They got great tight end in George Kettle. But outside of that, it's you know, it's a building process. Young offensive line with the Quincy kids they drafted. Um, but they're a ways away. I, I was like you. I thought it was a little bit of a hyperbole at the beginning of the year saying they would compete with all these other teams. But they had pieces. But when they got injured, they got they had nothing. And and it shows it shows itself in some of the games here recently. Well, Rondé, when you do have your induction speech eventually in Canton, Ohio, I would imagine you're going to give a shout-out to Hartman and Salam, yeah. you know, for being ahead of the ball game here when some people may have lost sight of your incredible career. So, you know, you just throw it in there. We'll be fine. You guys keep pumping me more than anybody. People in my own market don't talk. We're going to keep pumping you because you deserve it. Absolutely. You deserve it, so we're going to keep talking about it. I can tell you that. Uh, I hated playing against you, by the way, just to throw that out there. Uh, (laughs) Ronnie, you can check in with us anytime, man. Thanks so much. We appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. All right, right, there he is, Rondé Barber. Again, the uh, Bucks taking care of the 49ers and Winston having a good game, unfortunately for them. Just four wins. We're going to give you a little update on where we stand with the playoff picture. Of course, after this week, Ephraim, everyone's going to have 11 games under their belt. There are no more buys from this point on. So we'll give you a little preview of where we stand as far as the playoffs are concerned right now. Let's find out what is trending. Hello, Mr. Gascon. How are you? I'm doing good. How about you guys? We are doing well, man. Excellent. I I know Steve is awfully happy today because uh, the athletic director for USC, Lynn Swan, announced that they're sticking with Clay Helton. Yes. (laughs) In fact, all Bruin fans were, you know, chanting four more years. Four more years. I'm not surprised. What, they had a $15 million buyout on his contract? They're not going to do that. There's suddenly so many lawsuits right now at USC. They're not about to swallow another $15 million. So, not surprised. Uh-oh. And by the way, to be fair to Clay Helton, two years ago, Brian Kelly finished the year 4-8, and eight, and Notre Dame people were screaming for him to be fired, and two years later, they're 12-0. and 0. Why do you say that, though? Do you think Notre Dame gets the recruiting classes that USC does? Notre no. Dame does no, not. No, they do not. No chance, man. No shot. By the way, can I can I update you on a stat before we even get started? Yes. Phillip Rivers is 19 for 19 in this game. <laughs> I know he's carving up Arizona right now. Do, do you see this? That's yes. crazy. He's 19 for 19 passing in this game today. All right, continue. Gives me nightmares of Phil Simms in the Super Bowl against the Holy Broncos. Holy mackerel. All right. Yeah, so we'll start there anyways. In Los Angeles, Chargers taking on the Cardinals, and as... You had mentioned, Steve, it is all Phillip Rivers, but this dude right here as well. Rivers under center on a first and goal from the three. Hand off to Gordon, cuts to the right, dives into the end zone, spins, reaches, touchdown, Chargers. Melvin Gordon with his second of the afternoon. I'll be curious when this game's over yards per play for the Bolts because wow. Melvin Gordon's got seven carries for 45 yards and two tugs, and Rivers 19 and 19 for 187 and two scores. Has anyone ever started a game 19 for 19? Rich Gannon. Did he? Did he do it against Denver? Yeah, I was on that team. He did it against us. I remember that. Wow. Game. Like 24 for 24. Was that a primetime game? Uh, yes, I believe it was. It hurt. I remember that. <laughs> I was like, what? can someone stop him, please? They were all three-yard passes. I mean, it was three-step drops. He was just dumping the ball down to running backs, tight ends, uh, shallow crosses, slants. I was just like, oh, my God. Yeah. Well, 
Chargers right now at the at the break, leading the Cardinals twenty eight to ten. Arizona actually led this ball game too, gentlemen. At the, uh, in the first quarter, ten to nothing. Broncos, Case Keenum with a ten yard touchdown pass. He's nine of fifteen for a one oh nine, and the score Denver ten, Pittsburgh three. Broncos also did block a field goal try by Chris Boswell. Dolphins and Colts right now locked up at seven apiece. Andrew Luck, 8 of 11 for 121. The one touchdown pass was to Eric Ebron, his 10th of the season. And then earlier on today, some scores around the National Football League. Eagles dropped the Giants 25 to 22. Carson Wentz, 20 of 28 for 236 and one touchdown. Seahawks on the road beat the Panthers 30 to 27. Russell Wilson, 339 through the air. Tyler Lockett, five grabs for a 107. Patriots dumped the Jets 27 to 13. Sonny Michelle, 21 carries for 133 yards and also one score. Josh Allen had 99 yards rushing today for the Buffalo Bills, and they won at home beating the Jaguars 24 to 21. Raiders get dropped by Baltimore by 17 points. Wow. Yikes. Yeah, that's uh, continuing the game plan is working really well. <laughs> I forgot. You know my conspiracy theory. And on one that. other one, Baker Mayfield had four touchdown passes today for the Browns. Oh, yeah. They beat the Bengals 35-20. If you go on social media, I know you're not on it that much, Steve, but if you go and, and search for Baker Mayfield, Hugh Jackson went in postgame to give him a handshake and a hug. It was awesome. Baker wow. Mayfield took the handshake and then pulled out of the hug. Oh, he wanted wow. nothing Whoa. of that. It was great stuff. Wow. Is there a worse defense in this league than the Bengals right now? Oklahoma. Woo! <laughs> All, right. All right. Thanks so much, Mr. Gaskin. We appreciate it as always. Coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. Easy to save 50% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. Joining us right now, one of our all-time favorites. He was at that Seahawks-Panthers game. What a game that was. Two teams that are Steina still punch their ticket to the playoff picture. Charles Davis is joining us. Charles, it's always a pleasure, man. This was a heck of a game you had today. My goodness. Hi, guys. Good to sit, Good to talk with you again. Happy post-Thanksgiving to you and your family. Thank and you. Everyone you who can hear our voices, and that was a phenomenal game. And We thought it was going to be a playoff-type game going in because both teams kind of approached it that way, and their styles work very well for close ball games. Yeah, they do. Let's talk about Christian McCaffrey. Wow. You want to talk about <laughs> He's a, on my special, fantasy team. <laughs> a special young man. Uh, and I had the pleasure and honor of playing with his uh, father, Edward. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I remember him as a baby. So when I see him out there carving up the Seahawks, mm. I'm, like, I'm amazed. I mean, talk about how much of a weapon and how much of a, a, a real a security blanket he is for Cam Newton. Well, I can't let you off the hook before I answer that question. If you knew him as a baby and you're seeing him now, you feel old, don't you? Oh, I'm definitely old. <laughs> Charles, yeah, I'm, hey, you, I'm definitely old, man. I mean, you put that one out of T for me. <laughs> I, couldn't, I, couldn't, I couldn't let that one go. But but, but watching what he's doing, and, and look, he had all the capabilities of doing this as a rookie, per se. Yeah. We knew that because of his skill set. I, I had more fights with people because they kept saying, well, his build, he can't run inside. And I said, have you watched any tape? All right, he played at Stanford with his behemoths playing offensive line, and he did a bulk of his damage working inside the tackles before he broke into the secondary. So the kids always had that. But you add in the work ethic, you add in the football IQ. Um, I'm trying to think of who it was. Greg Olson said something very interesting to us. He said, you know, he reported here, it was like a veteran got to camp, not a rookie. 
And a lot of that goes back to what you know, Ephraim. He played with his dad, the kids around the locker room, yep. right? He grew up yep. around the whole thing. So so the, the awe wasn't quite there. This was kind of the end result of what he expected to be. But he can catch it, obviously. He can run it. Um, you know, if they wanted to use him in the kick return game, he'd be special, but they don't want to do that. The only thing he has to clean up now, we saw it today, being able to hold on to the football. But the Seattle Seahawks are a particular team, one of the few teams in the league that really are good at knocking the ball free from people, and they did that a bunch today. Yeah, and, and let's talk a little bit about those Seahawks, Charles, because Russell Wilson again, is having one of those years that can fly a little bit under the radar. We talk about Patrick Mahomes. You talk about that yep. high-power Rams attack. But if Drew you Brees. look at Drew Brees, obviously, and what the Saints are doing this year, but Wilson, once again, is carrying this team. Their running game has been off and on all season long, but look at the numbers. You're down seven on the road, and you find a way to win. Is he getting better? I mean, I mean, where where are we right now in your evaluation of where Russell Wilson is at this point of his career? I don't think he gets enough appreciation, Steve. And, uh, you know, I know we're coming off of a game where he was magical again, but that's the key word, mm-hmm. again. And you, and you laid it out perfectly. You know, the running game has been ter- terrific for them the last seven games. They've averaged about 175 yards per ball game, and that's really significant. Today, they weren't even close to that. Right. So they had to go back and rely on him again. I don't think it's hyperbole, and I'm not thinking it's hyperbole at all to say that there's no more important quarterback to his team than Russell Wilson is. Whether you think he's MVP or not, the things that he does for that team, and I think of two particular plays. Okay, Fourth and three, down seven, and he throws the ball deep into the end zone to, <laughs> to, to David Moore who two seasons ago was on the practice squad and came out of East Central Oklahoma State. I'm watching that play, by the way, as you're saying. I mean, fourth that pass three. is right there. That's a fourth and three throw. Unbelievable. Okay? Because cause if you miss that throw, everybody's like, why'd you throw it that deep? Why yeah. didn't you, take, you know, pick up why the didn't first you just down? get the first down? No one's but making he, but that he, throw. But he, right. but, he, but, but he has the you-know-what mm-hmm. to go ahead and do that. And then the play to Lockett. Remember, Lockett ran a short, yep. shallow route. Yes. And then the scramble starts. But the offensive line, I thought, was tremendous on that play because Russell bought time, but the line bought him a lot of time, too. Yes. And then Lockett worked his way free, and, of course, he hits him, and now they set up the field goal and they win the thing. Those are the types of things. Look, they're going to run it till the cows come home because that's what Pete wants to do. But when it's time to ring the bell, he's calling on number three. And, and, I, and I think it's a testament to uh, that offensive line and the game plan changing. I spoke to Dwayne Brown, yeah. their starting left tackle, and he really, about four weeks ago, went into the office and said, hey, look, we need to run the ball. We need to be more yeah. aggressive. All right, let's not sit back. Let's not be passive, especially at the beginning of games. And I think that changed the mindset. I think it, it, it made the, the, the guys up front comfortable. They're more aggressive now. So when they do have to hold the ball and throw the ball down the field, they're in a groove and they're confident in themselves. I think that's a great point, Ephraim, and, and thanks for illuminating that. They're also a line that's built to run the football. Yes. When you look at these guys and who they are, DJ Fluker is not a guy that you snap the ball and have him either short set or set up deep in the pocket and make sure he's keeping a, a quarterback clean for 40 snaps. 
DJ Fluker is built to be an automated people mover like <laughs> yes. at the airport. That's okay? exactly right. That's what he's about. He's a mauler, and that other stuff, it just drives him insane. Justin Britt has played three positions, and he's got like a size 8,000 shoe, <laughs> and he uses every bit of that to anchor and knock people off the ball. And Dwayne Brown is just a flat-out alpha. Yeah. Okay? That's why he walked in the office. He probably didn't even close the door. He probably looked at him and said, <laughs> we're going to start running the ball. And they looked at him and nodded and said, yes, Dwayne, we're going to start running the ball. That's just who they are. And Mike Solari is not going to get enough credit, the new offensive line coach. But the professor is doing a great job teaching, and those guys are responding because all they want to do is fire off and smack people upside the head. That's right. That's uh, the way I like it. I and, can tell you uh, that. And just one final note here, Charles. You know, we, We're going to be talking a little bit more about the playoff picture. Of course, after this week, every yeah. team's going to be on equal footing with 11 games, no more buys after this week. The Seahawks' schedule, man, they got four of their last five games at home. They yep. got two and games against the 49ers on their schedule. One against, one against Arizona, and then they're home for Kansas City late. Right. Before that, see, um, they're home for Minnesota. If I'm not mistaken, Steve, those are both primetime national games. Right. And the Seahawks respond really well in primetime. Could the Seahawks, if they continue to show what they're showing, and like you said, uh, the running game has been pretty good. Uh, uh, today was the exception. Is that a team that you want to see in the playoffs in the wild no. card round? Not if you're not if you're in opposition. And I'm going to say this: Look, the Rams are having a fantastic year and deserve every kudo they've got. Look at those two. Plug in the two games against Seattle, and ask yourself: If you're the Los Angeles Rams, do you really want to slug with them a third time? Mm. Because you guys know what it's like trying to beat people continuously. It's hard to do. Yeah. And the Seattle team, the way that they're built and constructed. I think they put 273 yards on the ground one of the times against the Rams. They're not intimidated by them. They played very tight ball games. The Rams could very well beat them a third time. But I think if the Rams had their choice, and I'm not saying they fear them, it's just that their style makes for a very hard football game. And if I'm the Rams, I'd just as soon not have to deal with them if at all possible. Again, not saying that the Rams wouldn't beat them. The Rams are very good. But Seattle feels like they'd love to get a third shot at them. And the way their schedule's set up, they could very well. No doubt about that. Charles, as always, you're the absolute best, which is why you deserve the game today. I mean, you know, uh, not everyone got a good game today, but you definitely got one, and uh, we'll talk to you down the road. Thanks, I CD. look forward to it. You guys take care of yourselves, all right? All right? Be Appreciate good. it. All right, none better. Charles Davis joining us right there, talking about a big win for the Seahawks. All right, we're in the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. Even we're going to get again into this playoff picture. There's some interesting movement going on right now. Who's on the rise? Who's falling? We'll break it down coming up next. Steve Harbin and Ephraim Salam. I paused for a second there because uh, Ephraim needed to take a breath. You see, in the midst of all this football we're watching, we're also watching the Lakers. They're home against the Orlando Magic, a team that put up 130 on them last week in Orlando. Lakers looking for revenge. It doesn't look like it's going to happen. It's not over now. Orlando's the thing I on 108-104. The thing 10 I seconds hate to go. Yes. is you're down by two, mm-hmm. and you have the ball. LeBron James drives to the basket. Who, me? Gets the big man up out of position, and instead of him scoring, getting an and one, he passes the ball out to Cartavius Caldwell-Pope. Who just bricks it. Like, I, I'm... Yeah, you, when you look at it, you be like, well, that's a good play. It was open. Yeah, but that's not the point. The point is, as the alpha on the team, the alpha male, the superstar, at some point you're going to be like, I'm just going to score this ball right here, and I'm standing underneath the rim. So I'm just going to score the ball to tie the game up. 
Right now this they're is down by knock four. On LeBron, his for, entire and career, the, and that's the problem. I, I'm not, I'm not doubting his greatness. Did you ever see Kobe pass? No, the ball? man, he's not about to pass that. Are you kidding me? If he's standing under the rim, he is no way he's passing that ball out. Hell All right, no. Caldwell Pope just bricked, and that is the game. game. So the Lakers lose. Blouses. 108 to 104. All right, get back to a little football talk. All right, so here we go, Ephraim. Uh, As we mentioned, once we get through this week in the NFL, all the buys will be done. Chiefs and Rams are the two teams that had the final buys. Everyone will have 11 games on their record, and then we head down the stretch. Five games to go for everybody. So looking at some of the playoff standings right now, we mentioned the uh, Chargers-Steelers next week. Chargers at the Steelers next week. Now, the Steelers are struggling today against the Broncos. That game is tied at 10 of the half. By the way, Ephraim got all excited. He saw touchdown Steelers. Was it a touchdown pass? Yes, it was. All right. Boswell. It was the <laughs> fake kick. Come on. Man, killing uh, me. When the kicker throws a touchdown pass, uh, that's not going to get you many fantasy. By the way, you do get, if you have Boswell, right, as your kicker. He's not. My kicker, so it doesn't matter. But as but you if do, you, you do, get, yeah, you get the right. Six points, yeah. Wow, that's not a bad deal. Um, <laughs> but I mean, this would be a, this is a huge game next week. So let's, for argument's sake, assume the Steelers win today. Okay. Right? And that would get them to eight, two, and one. Chargers are well on their way to a victory as they're annihilating Arizona. They'll be eight and three. Now, of course, the Chargers are chasing the Chiefs. We're sitting at nine and two. But remember, the Chiefs have already beaten the Chargers, so it's not like they're one game up. They're really two, two games, games up. up. Right there. Is this the game where we're going to really find out whether the Chargers are a legitimate threat to get through the AFC and make it to the Super Bowl? That game at Pittsburgh? Yes. If you want to play on that field Mm -hmm. as the Los Angeles Chargers, then you have to go up and win that game. You do. You, You have to go up and forcibly take that game in that spot, that playoff spot, away from the Steelers. By the way, they have what they call strength of victory, and the Chargers' victories this year are not very strong. Um, They did beat Seattle. They uh, beat Tennessee. But overall, they have played a very soft schedule. Last week was a game they should have won against Denver. They did not. But now we're going to get into the heart of their schedule because the Chargers, after this, have at Pittsburgh – Bengals at home, at the Chiefs on a Thursday night game, Ravens at home, and then at the Broncos to wrap up their schedule. Now, they would seem to be safe for a wild card, but if they could beat the Steelers next week, they're still in the conversation as far as winning the AFC West. Yeah, they are, and it's an important game, and we're going to see. I mean, you can't start slow like they've started slow the last couple weeks. Mm Mm-hmm. You have to go out there and assert yourself and put the Steelers under pressure because they can score with the best of them. By the way, Phillip Rivers right now, 10 minutes to go in the third quarter, is 23 for 23 passing. I know the NFL record for most consecutive completions is 25. Keep an eye on this. Rivers, 23 of 23. We're in the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. More NFL news. Uh, rolling on on this big, big NFL a Sunday. It is Hartman and Salam. We're coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on your car insurance. Visit Geico.com for a free rate quote. Well, we got two tie games right now. 
And then we have history being made in another. The Chargers are leading the Cardinals 35-10. to 10, No surprise there. It's what Phillip Rivers has done so far. Phillip Rivers, brace yourself, is 25 for 25. <laughs> for 224 yards and three, three touchdowns. touchdowns. Do I have to say no interceptions when he's oh 25 for 25? God. He is 25 for 25. Now, He's I'm not exactly – I do know that Ryan Tannehill broke the NFL record a few years ago with 25 consecutive completed passes, but it wasn't at the start of a game. So, as far as I know, that's the record for most consecutive completed passes. I know Donovan Gennad had 24. Tannehill broke that record. Uh, but Phillip Rivers is 25 for 25. That's pretty impressive. I don't care – what you know that that is ridiculous. It's average. It's average. It's okay. You know, it, it, it's been an interesting year for the Chargers this year, to say the least. By the way, watching the coverage of this game, they haven't shown a single crowd shot, Ephraim. <laughs> um, I can only imagine how few people are there. Last week, the Chargers really had it all set up. You had. SCUCLA the night before at the Rose Bowl. Mm-hmm. Of course, the Rams and Chiefs are playing on Monday night, and both the Lakers and Clippers were on the road. Right. So they had the whole city of LA to themselves. Got everybody. And they had a six game winning streak going in. They hadn't played a home game at StubHub in six weeks. So it's welcome home. They hadn't lost a game. Mm-hmm. And so that was the old argument about hey, as long as you're winning, people will find you. And there were. Thousands of empty seats, and the seats that were filled were wearing orange Yeesh. for the bad Denver Broncos. Yeesh. Look, there's some people back there. They're showing a, uh, <laughs> they're showing a small pocket of I people mean, right there. They haven't shown a single crowd shot, and that's that's a mandate from the NFL. I mean, just I mean, it's it, it you know, friends it's, and family it, only. I, you got to feel for the players, though, Ephraim. I mean, the Chargers are a good football team. They're going to get better now that Joey Bosa's back, you know, giving them an even more dynamic uh, a defensive pass rush. And again, we were talking about, we'll find out how good they are next week when they travel on the road to take on the Pittsburgh Steelers. But you, you never played anything like this. I mean, I'm sure you had some small crowds. We've had small crowds before. But, and, and, but you know, every as a, game? I know every game is pretty bad. Every game's a road game? Yeah, it, it's pretty tough to deal with. And, you know, it's not the players' fault. No. There's just no Charger fans in L.A. <laughs> they I mean, they left fewer. the city yeah. where they had plenty of fans. There's just no Charger fans in Los Angeles. And every week, people don't want to drive up from San Diego to sit in traffic and watch the game. They just don't want to do it. Well, and the, also the most expensive tickets in the league because they only have 25,000 seats. they got to charge more, and parking's 100 bucks. You heard me. $100 if I'm, you want to park anywhere near the stadium. I'm not stadium. doing that. Like, no. I'm not doing that. No, absolutely not. But charges have not let it hurt them, and they are in full command, 35 to 10. So we'll update you the next time Chargers get the ball. In fact, I think they're going to get it right now. Uh, and Rivers is going to go for an NFL record 26 consecutive completions. Uh, meanwhile, Indianapolis and Miami are tied at 14. We haven't talked a lot about this game right now. The Colts and the Dolphins are both sitting at 5-5, five and five, meaning – that if either one of these teams has designs on making a playoff push, and right now the Chargers would be the number one wild card team, but that second wild card uh, is up for grabs. You got the Dolphins, you got the Colts, you got the Titans. 
Uh, you even got the Bengals. Even the Browns are back in there. Um, Watch out so, for the Browns now. What? But the one of the the great stories I think this year has been the comeback of Andrew Luck. Yes, and everybody was waiting to see what was going to happen. Right? Yeah. Everybody wanted to see. Oh, is it? Is he healthy? Is it this? Is it that? And he's proven and he's shown why there was so much hype surrounding him early in his career and what he was able to do with that Indianapolis team and getting them to the playoffs his first three years in the league, uh, especially in their first year being a rebuilding team. He got banged around a lot, no offensive line, no running game. But right now he's hitting his stride and he's, he's back to his peak performance. Absolutely. So, again, that game is tied at 14. They're just kicking off the second half right now. I'll keep you updated on that. Meanwhile, the Steelers continue to struggle against the Broncos. In fact, the only reason the Steelers are tied in this game is because their kicker threw a touchdown pass right before the half. 10-10 Broncos and Steelers. By the way, a little update on the Rivers situation. 25 consecutive completions is an NFL record for a single game. Uh, the 25 in a row by Tannehill was over a two-game span. So already Rivers has set that record uh, and uh, will continue to keep an eye on his unreal performance today. Uh, meanwhile, this uh, Cleveland-Cincinnati mm-hmm. game had quite a story today, Ephraim. Baker Mayfield threw four touchdown passes as the Browns won on the road uh, against Cincinnati. But the fact that Hugh Jackson, his former head coach, is now an assistant coach for a division rival does not sit well with Baker Mayfield. So while Hugh Jackson was hugging some of his former players, uh, Mayfield extended his hand. Make right. sure he knows that. We'll, the, hand, we'll handshake yeah, on we, this we'll one. We'll give a handshake. And he, then the, then he talked about it. He goes, I think it's that's, that's, that's punk, man, for a guy. We have it? All right, here's what Baker Mayfield had to say. Left Cleveland goes down to Cincinnati. I don't know. That's just somebody that was in our locker room asking for us to play for him and then goes to a different team. We play twice a year. Everybody can have their spin on it, but that's how I feel. Look at that. And, you think? and I understand where he's coming from, but you also understand he's very young. Yes. Uh, he doesn't understand the business of the NFL. Hugh Jackson didn't go up to uh, ownership and say, hey, fire me. He got fired mm-hmm. and was at home, and his friend, Marvin Lewis, offered him a job. You don't not take the job, right? So. He took the job, and he's in, you know, the other locker room now. That's just how it goes. It wasn't Hugh Jackson's decision to to uh, to leave Cleveland and go to Cincinnati. That's how things transpired. Incomplete pass for Phillip Rivers. The streak ended. Oh, my God. 25 of 25. Meanwhile, Melvin Gordon is hurt. What is going on with Melvin Gordon, guys? He got hit, and he is hurt. We're not sure. We'll give you an update on that. But Melvin Gordon, who was actually banged up going into this game, uh, but they just showed him on his back on the sideline, so that's not a good sign. Anyway, so the uh, river streak is over. You know, um, you you know this idea of teams, you, you were one of those players. Weren't you actually picked up by a, a team specifically because you played previously yeah. for a team. It happens all the time. It happens all the time. Happens all the time. And then you walk in. They said, "So what can give you us tell what us? You, well, give us what you right. you know. Download us on you, everything you, you know about the team, and we'll give you a job. Absolutely. Yeah. So I mean, this is not uncommon stuff. So like you said, Baker Mayfield uh, uh, a little upset there. The Denver Broncos 
Oh, they just pinned him back. So, uh, all right. So, Pittsburgh's going to get the ball early in the third quarter right now. Score is tied at 10, uh, but they're going to have to start about their own three-yard line. So, we'll see what the Denver defense does there. Uh, so, I mean, yeah. I mean, I, 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 the thing about Cleveland right now, and I wanted to mention this to you because yesterday, I'm sure you watched that Ohio State-Michigan game. Yeah. And it was a game where a lot of people thought, all right, this is it. Harbaugh's got to win this game. He hasn't beaten them yet. This is the moment. And that was the number one pass defense in the nation, the Wolverines. Uh And Dwayne Haskins just lit them up. 318, five touchdowns. They just steamrolled. And one thing about Urban Meyer, he knows I need to start piling up as many points as I possibly can. Because remember this, Ohio State was number 10. 10. After that survival against Maryland the previous week. Right. So let me get back to the dynamic of the Cleveland Browns head coaching job. You got to believe with Baker Mayfield, they're looking for an offensive-minded head coach. In fact, every team should be thinking about an offensive-minded head coach in the NFL these days. When you look at Nagy, what he's done, Sean McVay, go down the list. That's the trend right now. Would you, if you're the Cleveland Browns, throw an offer on the table for Jim Harbaugh. Yeah, of course. Why not? He's had success on every place he's coached. Right? But he's not had the success at that level he hasn't in beaten Michigan. Ohio State. Right. He's had success. Yes. But he hasn't he just it was just ranked third in, in the country. Right. Fourth in the fourth in the fourth country. Fourth in the country, yes. That's called success. It's one game left in the season. I don't think there are any Michigan fans saying it's successful when you beat lose Ohio it. State. They hired year. him to beat Ohio State. Right. He hasn't been able to do that in the four years he's been there. Is there somebody else? But he's else? been a successful coach there in terms of his record, uh, his ability to get his guys to play. He can't beat Ohio State. That's just the bottom line of it. All right. Well, if you're thinking about your future – what about Lincoln Riley, the Oklahoma coach? Well, obviously, Coach Baker Mayfield, mm-hmm. young coach, obviously doesn't have any experience at the next level. Is that someone you would consider to be the next coach of the Cleveland Browns? Well, I think the Cleveland Browns, everyone's up for consideration, even Condoleezza Rice. You know, I, I, <laughs> what did you I, make of that story? I just thought it was funny. You know, I, I thought it was funny, and hearing and seeing her tweet about it, like, hey. Hasn't she been mentioned for every sports job in the world? Commissioner of baseball, commissioner of the NFL, everything. Masters, she's done it all, right? And and it's, it's, you know, eventually, (laughs) eventually that door will be open where we do have. uh, Oh, oh, we might have a big play for the Steelers. Go, go, go. This could be a 90 plus yard play. He's going. Keep going. That is is Juju Smith Schuster. That is 90, what? 97 yard touchdown pass. 97 yards. Boy, that is Ben Roethlisberger at his absolute yard. best. They came up the middle. They came up the middle on Roethlisberger. He's literally falling backwards, and he throws it down the field. 97-yard touchdown reception. Look at this. Juju Look at They're coming right Schuster. up the middle. Watch this. They are right in Roethlisberger. They're holding him. That big tree, man. Look at him. That is unbelievable. So we were just talking about Pittsburgh getting pinned back. And the way to answer is a 97-yard touchdown pass. So Roethlisberger to Smith-Schuster. And the Steelers have taken a 16-10 to lead. lead over the Denver Broncos. Pending with the, uh, the extra point. Yes, and we have to say that these days because it's anything but automatic. <laughs> anything can happen. In this league, the extra point is good. good. So 17-10. 
What a play that was. All right, we're in the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. You get the idea. A lot of exciting NFL football going on. Much more coming up next. This program brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Last year, over 3 million drivers switched to Progressive. Call 1-800-PROGRESSIVE or visit Progressive.com today and find out if you could save. Steve Harbin and Ephraim Salam. Ephraim is uh, holding his breath right now. That uh, incredible touchdown pass. 97 yards from Ben Roethlisberger to uh, Juju Smith-Schuster. On the play, we mentioned Ben was hit, and a very big body fell on his leg. Now he is uh, limping a little bit. I mean, Ben's indestructible, isn't he, Ephraim? I mean, he's such a big man. Yeah, yeah, he'll, he's good, right? All right, Ephraim is uh, in a state of shock right now because he just looked at his potential replacements at quarterback, and none of them are named Ben Roethlisberger. All right, joining us right now. As he so often does. And by the way, uh, all right, he's back. He's back in the game. He's back in the game? He's back in the all game. He's back in the game. Uh, uh, <laughs> speaking of Ben Roethlisberger, also back in the game is a man that celebrated his Gators' first win over the Seminoles in quite a while. Speaking, of course, of the man from Sirius XM NFL Radio, Alex Marvez. Alex, that was a nice win for your Gators. You dominated. There you go. It was nice, too, because of what it means. Now Florida State doesn't get to a bowl, go to a bowl game. It means that they don't have a winning season for the first time since in like 41 years. So mm-hmm. I will definitely take that. And, yes, indeed, big-time bowl looking like the Peach Bowl or the Fiesta Bowl against UCF. And, of course, in the state of Florida, that would determine who the best and second-best team in the state is this year. Yeah, nice. yeah but, but UCF lost their quarterback. It's all right. Yeah, they're they're still better horrific. than Florida, though. Yeah, so. that, that was a bad yeah, thing. Settle down there, Ephraim. You weren't, you weren't in the conversation. Settle <laughs> oh, down. Sorry, sorry. All right, <laughs> let's, uh, let's cover the whole scene in the NFL. I want to start with the NFC East, which is going to get very interesting over the next couple of weeks. So the Eagles survive today against the Giants. Now, next week, the Eagles get the Redskins, and the Cowboys host the Saints. And then the next week, it's the Eagles at the Cowboys. So... Let me ask you, how's it shaking out right now in the NFC East? Well, I still think Dallas is probably the team to beat, and you could tell the conviction in my voice about how, how I really <laughs> think that may go. But, I mean, take a look at what the Eagles have after that, though, right? Then, then you're, you're playing at Los Angeles, you know, in prime time on December 16th, Sunday night football, followed by a home game against Houston Texans, and, and Houston is pretty darn good. So, you know, when you end the season against Washington or what will be left of the Washington Redskins, at the rate they're going, they may only have a 42-man roster because of all the injuries. It's just been a season that's been completely torpedoed there. I look at this as a two-team race, and I just don't think the Phillies good enough in the, in the long haul. Look, the Giants are just a bad team. I don't know what they did in the second half. I don't know why they went away from the running game and tried to do what they do. But, you know, I mean, look, the Eagles, no secondary. So many guys are hurt. The running game, it got going a little bit today. But, again, these are the Giants, and they struggled to beat the Giants. I just, I think the Eagles can make it a little interesting, but I actually think this is the Cowboys' division to lose. And, and I know I hear what you're coming from when, when you're talking about the Saints game, and if they lose that game, Philadelphia can pick up a game, et cetera. But, you know, I, and I, I changed my mind on this division a little bit. You know, uh, you know, one week I feel one way, one week I feel the other. But, I, but I'm feeling pretty sure right now that Dallas is going to end up on top in this one. Right, let's move over to the NFC uh, North. And Chicago's uh, it's, it's getting some distance between the rest of the, the pack. Well, let's talk about Green Bay. We're not used to, you know, talking about Green Bay in this way this early in the season or this late <laughs> in the season. 
Uh, this is a, a must-win for them uh, against Minnesota tonight. You, you I, I, think so, Ephraim? I, I, you know, and I'll tell you why I might disagree with you on that. And listen, first, we've unfortunately, if you're a Packers fan, you're, you're actually pretty used to this because remember we had the R-A-L-A-X uh, situation where Aaron was telling everyone to calm down. Then last year he was hurt, and he tried, you know, they put it all on him in Week 15 against Carolina and clearly had no juice at that point, and the Packers don't make the postseason for the first time in a while. And think, too, back uh, the Chicago Bears season, remember when he completed that pass against Chris Connie in Week 17, and the Packers end up winning a game that they shouldn't have won and captured the division against the Bears, spelling the end of Mark Tressman essentially in Chicago. Right. The weird thing, the weird thing with the Packers is this: Let's say they lose tonight, they go to 0 and uh, 0 and 6 on the road. Mm-hmm. They're at 4 6 4 6 and 1. But the rest of the schedule isn't brutal, and that's why I think they could linger at least in the wild card race until the end. Except you know, after for this, at the Bears, yeah. though, that game. Well, yeah, you're right, and you're right, and that's the one that they'd have to win on the road in Week 15. Otherwise, though, you're home against Atlanta, you're home against Arizona, you play at the Jets, and then you're home against the Lions. So if you can, you know, eight, seven, and one, I don't think will get you in in the NFC. But can't. It, it, I can't completely close the door on them being a nine, six, and one team if they're able to pull one off against the Bears, the team they beat earlier this season. All right, I want to talk about the Bengals. You heard me. I want to talk about the Bengals right <laughs> Why? now. Well, losing at home to Cleveland, and, of course, that whole dynamic of Baker Mayfield not giving his former head coach a hug, gave him a handshake, and then denounced Hugh Jackson for taking a job in the division. But, I mean, Marvin Lewis, their defense has completely unraveled in Cincinnati. Are they thinking of hiring Hugh Jackson as their next head coach if they have finally tired of Marvin Lewis? Listen, this depends if they're going to be the same old Bengals. And what is the indication of this, right? I mean, think about it. Marvin Lewis, year after year, he's falling short. He got a two-year contract extension for losing last year. So does he get a lifetime contract for what he's doing now? Does he get John Gruden-type money? I mean, mean, it's the same old Bengals. They started the year 4-1, and and they're 1-5 and since. Right, exactly. And you know, and what you're talking about with the defense was so weird. I saw on one, one play today on Baker Mayfield, they tried to confuse him by dropping Geno Atkins into coverage. Okay, So Geno is backing off into coverage, and they're rushing three. They can't get any pressure on Mayfield, and he goes for a first down. I mean, it just and I know it's just one play. It just seemed like a microcosm of what's going on in Cincinnati. The defensive talent isn't that bad that you should be as horrific as they are on the defensive side of the football. There's one person who still pulls the strings in Cincinnati, and it's Mike Brown. And the one thing that Mike Brown may like more than winning is comfort. He likes the people. He likes knowing that he can still, if he wants something done, that Marvin Lewis will do it. If Mike, you know, Mike gives him a lot of leeway, but if Mike wants to do something, then he has that ability to do that. Marvin learned to work within the Bengals infrastructure and how they do things, and it's all on Mike. I mean, you know, look, if Mike is content to give Marvin one more chance again, or content to give Hugh Jackson someone again who he knows, and not be willing to open himself up to outside ideas, well, that's what you're going to get. Because think about who, who Mike Brown has had as head coaches through the years before Marvin Lewis. It was Dick LeBeau long-time assistant. Before Dick LeBeau, it was Bruce Coslett, long-time assistant. Before that, it was Mike Shula. Mike Shula, family, friends, you know, with the, the Shulas, etc. So you bring him in. So is Mike willing to change the way they run things in the organization? That's what it really comes down to. I feel for, for Bengals fans because the same as it ever was, same old song and dance. And now they may get a, uh, some Jeff Driscoll in the final five games of the season. All right, well, let's talk about, let's stay in that division. Let's talk about the Cleveland Browns. Uh, since Hugh Jackson's been gone, they're 2-0. They look like a good team. Baker Mayfield really took a stride today. Is there an outside chance 
of them moving up in this division and, and, and maybe getting a wild card spot? They're one of these danger teams that's going to finish the year probably pretty strong, and, and you'll be like, you know, wait till next year, right? I mean, they're 4-6-1. and one. I mean, that's such a big hole for them uh, to be able to continue to climb out of. I look at it as baby steps, okay? And they took some nice baby steps today, beating the Bengals, winning their first game on the road since 2015, putting up 35 points, doing a nice job against a Bengals team that has no answers. They've played some opposition the past couple weeks that are declining teams. Uh, you know, Atlanta as well falls into that category. But I'm not going to take away what they've been able to accomplish. I mean, you know, they're making strides. The big question becomes this. Who is their next head coach? Because I, I don't look at them as being true difference makers in, in 2018. They can spoil some teams. I just think ultimately they're going to fall short. But, okay, is Freddie Kitchens doing enough to stay the offensive coordinator? Would they legitimately give Greg Williams a chance at keeping this head coaching job based upon what he's doing? Are they going to open this up from the outside? Apparently Bruce Arians is lobbying for this job. I'm sure John Dorsey is thrilled about seeing that publicly when it comes to B.A. So, I, you know, I just don't know what direction they're going to take the Cleveland Browns organization. But, listen. And for this team to still to have four wins going into the month of December and still having a little bit of a pulse in this playoff race, you got to like that. He's thinking Peach Bowl. That's where his mind is right now. He's thinking Peach Bowl for his beloved Gators after uh, quite a turnaround season. Alex, it is always a pleasure. We will talk again next week. That's a guarantee, man. Thanks, Alex. Cannot wait, gentlemen. Thank you so much. Broncos just scored, by the way. Yes, they did. Emmanuel Sanders. There he is. And uh, Penny, an extra point, trying to tie this game against the Steelers. That's Alex Marvez joining us, Series XM NFL Radio. You can follow him at Alex Marvez. All right, let's find out from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios what's trending right now, Mr. Gascon. Guys, there's not a lot of flow in this Denver-Pittsburgh game, but there's been some explosive activity on both sides of the football. Uh, Denver just picked up Ben Roethlisberger, Chris Harris with an INT, and Emmanuel Sanders from a couple of yards out with a touchdown reception. Ball game is tied 17-17, but I gotta go back to what you guys were talking about just a handful of minutes ago with Big Ben and Juju. Ben under centers from his three, wants to throw from the end zone. Big rush, he throws it down the field. Pass cut! Steelers Radio Network. So, guys, that was good for 97 yards. Juju has another 97-yard touchdown reception. That was last year. So, (laughs) the two longest plays in Steelers history are owned by Juju Smith-Schuster. But, again, ballgame is tied at 17 apiece. Broncos have also blocked a field goal in this ballgame. But, as it stands... Steelers used a fake field goal of their own just before the half expired in the first half to get this game locked up at 17 apiece. Meanwhile, charges are smothering the Cardinals 42 to 10. Phillip Rivers 28 of 29, 259 through the air and also three scores. Melvin Gordon 10 carries for 61 yards and two scores of his own. Dolphins and Colts 17-14 Miami. This game was kind of funky in the third quarter. Andrew Luck threw an INT. Miami turned the football over back, and then Andrew Luck threw another INT. So right now they're just trading turnovers, but as it stands, the road team is out in front. Ryan Tannehill in his return, 15-21 for 207 through the air, and also a couple of scores. Later on tonight, Green Bay is in Minnesota against the Vikings. Vikings right now 5-4-1. Packers are 4-5-1. and And, of course, on Monday night, you'll get the Houston Texans and the Tennessee Titans. Earlier on today, Seahawks on the road dropped the Panthers, who have lost three straight, 30-27. Browns smoked the Bengals, 35-20. Baker Mayfield, four touchdowns in that contest. Giants tried to pull off an upset, but they could not. Eagles got them this time, 
25 to 22. And Patriots, after a bye week, came back and beat the Jets 27 to 13. Gentlemen, back to you. Wow, busy stuff, Mr. Gascon. Thank you so much. Good stuff as always. We are coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. Easy to save 15% or more on your current insurance with Geico. I go to geico.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. So again, Denver and Pittsburgh are now tied at 17. Miami leading at Indy 17-14. Those games are close. The Charger game is over. All right, so that game is over. In fact, I did I see a Geno Smith sighting? Geno Smith uh, is now in the game for the Chargers. So there you go. So, by the way, uh, Phillip Rivers finished 28 of 29. Goodness gracious. 259 yards, three touchdowns. All right, just, just there. Big concern for the Chargers is the Melvin Gordon situation. We know he has some level of knee injury. Lee, what do we have uh, right now on the uh, – Melvin Gordon situation. Melvin Gordon did go to the locker room under his own power. Uh, didn't look good by his body language, but some are saying it's more likely an MCL sprain than an ACL tear, so that's what we're uh, hoping for. Uh, meanwhile, in the college football scene, uh, interesting, uh, Cliff Ken- Kingsbury was fired by Texas Tech. There goes Ryan Gosling. Uh, Ryan Gosling lookalike, Cliff Kingsbury. Six <laughs> years they gave him at Texas Tech. He had a 35-40 and 40 record. Uh, they had a $4 million buyout on his contract, so Kingsbury is out. Texas Tech is looking for a new job. USC is not looking for a new head coach. Clay Helton survives after a 5-7 and seven season. Mm, 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 mm. Do you want to compare? You know, when you watch, like, Washington State this year go... Ten and two, or ten and two, ten and two. They lost to Washington. Ten and two. How many of the Washington State guys do you think uh, were uh, in line to have a scholarship at USC? How many of those Washington State players do you think USC recruited? None. 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 Zero. None. Yeah. Now the reason that Clay Helton is still the coach is that for some reason Lynn Swan gave him a huge contract extension last year. Through the year 2023. Sheesh, can't, buy, can't eat that one. $15 million buyout. Can't eat it. Can't eat it. Now, it's not over for Clay Helton because, as I mentioned earlier, Brian Kelly was 4-8 and eight two years ago for Notre Dame. Right. Yeah. I, want, I want to get into the little college football scene right now. Ohio State's win yesterday that was big is, is causing problems for the college football playoff legitimacy, and I'll explain why. So after they narrowly beat Maryland, and they lucked out on that game, Ohio State was 10th in the college football playoff poll. So you had Michigan at four. So the top three were Alabama, Clemson, Notre Dame. Yep. You had Michigan at four. You had Georgia at five. You had Oklahoma at six. You had LSU at seven. Who was at eight? Who was at eight? I remember eight. Uh, I know that's... It was oh, Washington, Washington State. Exactly. Yes. Washington State was eight. Central Florida was nine. And Ohio State was stuck at 10. ten. All right, so let's eliminate Washington State, Central Florida, LSU. They're all gone. Why right? would we eliminate them? Okay, well, because Washington State lost. No, why would we eliminate Central Florida? They haven't lost in two yeah, years. Yeah, I know, but they lost their quarterback. That was a bad injury. Man. It was a bad injury, yeah. but they still have all right. one more game to they play. They still play one more game. All right, but let's... I'm eliminating them only because they've already been eliminated by this committee. But I want to talk about the dynamic of Oklahoma versus Ohio State. 
So when the rankings come out this week going into the conference championship games, Georgia's going to be number four. That's a guarantee because ESPN that runs the playoff is going to have number one Alabama versus number, number four, four Georgia, Georgia SEC championship game. Ohio State and Oklahoma. When you look at those two schools, now Oklahoma Jeez. this week is playing Texas in the Big 12 championship. That's the only loss Oklahoma had this year. Yep. Meanwhile, Ohio State basically has a walkover against Northwestern in the Big Ten championship game. Yeah, so you would have to say that if Oklahoma beats Texas, they deserve Clemson, to nod over Ohio State. Clemson could lose to Pitt. Okay, and they're not going to do that. <laughs> All right. I'm going to assume right now Clemson wins. I'm even going to assume that Alabama wins. Right. Okay? Notre Dame, obviously, is already done they're with their season. They're already done. They're locked in. But if Oklahoma beats Texas and Ohio State beats Northwestern, and they jump Ohio State over Oklahoma just Ooh. because it's Ohio State, that's I mean, going to look bad. This is going to be, and th- this is why it needs to be expanded. Well, we need to go from from uh, at, at least. Well, how about creating a legitimate playoff? This yeah, is not. This, this is, is an invitational. Yeah, exactly. This is an invitational yeah, by, right. by its very definition. You have a committee deciding who are we going to invite. Oklahoma obviously has a great history in football, but they're not Ohio State. They'll do whatever they can. Are you kidding me? If they can get Alabama, Clemson, Notre Dame, and Ohio State in that four? Well, let me ask you this. Mm-hmm. If Georgia beats Alabama. Well, they're not. I don't care. Alabama's uh, in. In no matter what. No What if Georgia, Georgia what? beats them 65-13? to 13? Alabama, but first of all, Ephraim, you're bringing up a very good point. No team, again, this is only the fifth year of this playoff format, but in the four previous years, no team has made the playoff that lost the conference championship game. Exactly. Now, there have been teams like Alabama last year, Ohio State a couple years ago, where they didn't get to the conference championship game and got into the playoff, but no team's ever lost their conference championship game so and that's made the playoff. Some, that's something, and Georgia can't, you know, Look, we remember what that national championship game was looking like. Oh yeah, you know, and Georgia so dominated most of that game. So now it's not a it's not a walkover. It's not a they're, they're not pushovers. Well, I don't the, see a blow is, up. But even if Georgia does win, thank let's you. Let's say they win by ten. Yeah. Let's say they're, they win by three. Well, let's say they're they win. They, they say were, they win the game. Well, let's say they're the, clearly the better team. Right. I mean, this is what this committee always claims, man. Well, how are you deciding? Well, we use the eyeball. <laughs> really. Yeah, Who's eyeballs? ESPN's eyeballs. <laughs> right, they there are you go. They are deciding who is going to make this dance. No, I mean, let, let's say, for instance, Oklahoma just routes Texas. Right. You know, and Kyler Murray has a huge game, and their defense finally shows up, and they revenge their only loss. And, you know, Georgia beats up on Alabama. I mean, it. this is why you, it doesn't make sense to have a four-team playoff when you have five power conferences plus five other conferences that are apparently playing for nothing as Central Florida has found out over the last couple of years. Which is a travesty. I'm a Central Florida fan. Right. Right? Yes. I'm carrying the flag for them. Well, they got 24 straight 24 wins. 24 straight wins. Yeah. They have a uh, the American Athletic Conference Championship mm-hmm. next week. Yes. That would be 25 straight. Right. And they have no shot None. 
of playing for a national championship. Look, they could have won every game this year 50 to nothing, and, and they have still no shot. wouldn't have had a shot. No chance. And the fact that they only move up to seven mm-hmm. after being undefeated again. Well, and here's the thing. Because Mackenzie Milton, their outstanding quarterback, uh, got hurt. Right. This is going to be their excuse. Yeah, but yeah, the kid well, who came Milton in and replaced there. him scored Played 31 wrong. points. Yeah, exactly. So I don't want to hear that. I mean, you can't do that, right? If, God forbid, if something happened to uh, Tua in the, the uh, SEC championship game, would would they penalize Alabama for that? If Even if Alabama won? No, they wouldn't. Well, remember they wouldn't what, do it. Remember what happened to Ohio State? They lost their starting quarterback the first year of the playoff. JT Barrett went down. Cardell Jones came in. They blew out Wisconsin 59 nothing. They put him in. They ended up winning the playoff. Mm-hmm. I, I say won the playoff. They won a national championship. Nobody wins a national championship. There is no NCAA champion in Division One football. All right. Now, I don't know if you know this about Ephraim, but he has become the master of fantasy football. <laughs> His team is a robust 10-1. and one. My team's 8-3 and three without a lot of firepower, but I, I have Christian McCaffrey. He's scored a lot of points for me this year. However, it is that time. We're in the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. We got your fantasy ticker coming up next. Steve Harbin, Ephraim Salam. Great news. Quick way to save money. Switch to Geico. Go to geico.com and in 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on your car insurance. You know what time it is. Time for the Fox Sports Fantasy Ticker. All right. Yes, we're ready here, Ephraim. It's go time. Let's start with the quarterbacks and someone we don't necessarily talk about on this fantasy ticker, uh, Josh Allen. They go with three targets right side, Kelvin Benjamin to the left. Here's the snap. It's a quarterback draw. Josh Allen breaks one tackle at the five, heads into the end zone. He is in for the touchdown. Josh Allen, touchdown Buffalo. A 14-yard quarterback draw for the big man. Touchdown, Bill. Well, that call was courtesy of WGR and the Bills Radio Network. Josh Allen came away with the win. He was 8 for 19, 160 yards and a touchdown. But he had 13 carries Mm. and 99 yards and a touchdown. Big time. Next guy, these two guys, both rookies, Baker Mayfield. Second and goal. Back goes Baker. Baker looks. Baker runs to the right. Baker throws end zone. Darren Fells. Touchdown! was wide open and the Browns go back in the fourth touchdown pass of the day for Baker Mayfield mm. that was Browns radio network now Baker Mayfield had a tremendous game 19 for 26 258 yards four touchdowns people love it those two young guys leading our list but this guy is anything but young Philip Rivers out wide right stacked with Keenan Allen looking left is Rivers still looking left throws left wide open in the back of the end zone Mike Williams Touchdown, Chargers. Nine yards. Rivers to Big Mike. That was Chargers Radio KFI 640 AM. Now, Phillip Rivers started this game 25 for 25 before his first completion. Ended up 28 of 29, 259 yards and three touchdowns. Good God almighty. Yeah, those are some pretty good numbers, but I'll tell you what. If we're talking fantasy, he's my man and has been all season long. You just cannot stop. Christian McCaffrey. Swing pass out of the backfield. McCaffrey, he'll walk in. Right pylon. Carolina leads 26 to 20. 
Courtesy of WBT and the Panthers Radio Network, Christian McCaffrey, just a bonanza today. Ran for 125 yards and a touchdown. Had 11 receptions for 112 yards and a touchdown. Yeah, that's right. Broke the century mark in both rushing and receiving. Here's another guy that's been on a roll, Saquon Barkley. Fowler is in as a one receiver off to the right. Manning back to throw. A little screen in the middle for Barkley. He's to the five, into the end zone. Touchdown, Giants. Courtesy of WFAN, Giants Radio Network, Saquon Barkley, 101 yards rushing and a touchdown, 41 yards receiving and a touchdown. He's been on a roll. You know, every once in a while, you get somebody emerging from the pack when somebody goes down with an injury. Austin Eckler of the Chargers had a day. Hand off to Eckler. Lower the shoulder, push the pile. Touchdown, Chargers. Austin Eckler. There it is, Chargers Radio KFI, 640 AM. Eckler also with a touchdown on the ground, and he had 10 receptions, Ephraim, for 68 yards. All-purpose. Let's go up uh, to the wideouts. Juju Smith-Schuster. Then under centers from his three, wants to throw from the end zone. Big rush. He throws it down the field. Pass cut on a dead run, and that is Juju loose. 45 40, 35 30, 25 20, 15 10. Juju, a 97 wow. yard touchdown reception. That was WDVE <laughs> 102.5 FM and WBGG 97 AM Steelers Network Radio. Uh, Juju Smith Schuster, that's his second year in a row. He has 97 wow. plus yard uh, reception. He has nine catches, 136 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, this next guy battled injury. He's back to pure golden form. Tyler Lockett. Russell, empty backfield. Takes the shotgun snap. Four-man rush. Russell has all kinds of time. Fires a dart. Ball is caught at the goal line. Is he in? Lockett at the one-foot line. I mean, even inside of a foot. Tyler Lockett is saying he was in. Well, let's see if they're going to review this or not. Pete Carroll, it have to be ch- challenged by Pete Carroll. The receiver possessed the ball while breaking the plane of the goal line. Mm, get in. Mm. That's Seahawks Radio Network. Tyler Lockett had five catches, 107 yards, and a touchdown. Let's go over to my men in Cincinnati. Everything didn't go well there, but... Tyler Boyd put on the show. First and 10 at the 28-yard line. Driscoll fakes a handoff to Mixon. Throws it over the middle. Crossing route. Caught. And Tyler Boyd runs into the end zone for a Bengals touchdown. In a losing effort, Tyler has seven catches, uh, 85 yards in the touchdowns. That was courtesy of Bengals Radio Network. All right, tight ends. We got one name. Zach Ertz is a beast. Wentz goes back. He's looking. He is firing. It is complete. Breaking the tackle is Ertz, and he's in for the touchdown. Ertz cornered at the three, broke the tackle, and went into the end zone. Courtesy of Sports Radio 94, WIP, Eagles Radio Network, Zach Ertz again. Seven catches, 91 yards, and a touchdown a couple weeks ago. 16 catches, 145. A couple weeks before that, 11 catches, 138. Zach Ertz putting up big numbers from that tight end position. Does, do you have him on your team? I do not. I don't either. Good. No, I have Kittle. Good one. That's a good one. Kittle's and a good I have one. Olsen. Those are my two tight ends. I have Olsen and I have Jimmy Graham. Yeah. So I got in decent production, but it's pretty good. I wish I had Zach Ertz because that guy good. is putting up some monster numbers out there. All right, so you're 10 and 1. Yes. I'm 8 and 3. McCaffrey might have saved money. I haven't had a chance because of they my even look. my new right. phone. I haven't programmed to actually get into my uh, fantasy league to see how I've done today. So 
I know one thing. I need uh, I need some production out of uh, Tom Brady. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Has he shown up this year? No. Not really. Uh, it's getting tough for them. Yeah. Uh, coming down the stretch, it's going to be real tough for them uh, to come out of the AFC. These teams are not uh, worried about them, and they haven't shown enough playmaking ability outside of Gronkowski. I agree with you. I mean, again, Pittsburgh right now, well, we're going to continue on. We got two dynamic games right now, Miami and Indianapolis, Pittsburgh and Denver. We're in the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. We're going to go over those games, the exciting finishes, and get you ready for Sunday Night Football coming up next. Oh, yeah. Trying to put week 12 of the NFL season in perspective. That's what we're doing today. Coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on your car insurance. Visit Geico.com for a free rate quote. We were just commenting how quickly that Charger Cardinal game was over. I mean, that game was over before the Denver-Pittsburgh game started the fourth quarter. (laughs) This is what happens when you have a 45-10 blowout by the Chargers. However, Denver has just scored... To retake the lead 24 17 uh, over Pittsburgh. This game is in Denver, and that was a uh, Philip Lindsay two yard run. So there is now 9 17 to go. A little bit of a scare earlier for the Steelers as far as Big Ben was concerned. However, he is in there having a big day 34 44, 388 yards. Make that 397 now. Oh, yes, Big and Ben. And the one big touchdown, 97 yard touchdown pass to Juju Smith Schuster. So this is where Big Ben is one of the all-time greats, finding a way to get him back there. And uh, a guy that's uh, scored you a lot of points in your fantasy He's team He's scoring me a lot of points as we speak. How many players do you have in this game? I have three. Wow. I have uh, Ben Roethlisberger, uh, Jimmy Connor, and I have Emmanuel uh, Sanders. So that game's going on. And then the other game that's going on, a really pivotal, ga- pivotal game in the uh, – AFC playoff picture, and that's Miami on the road against Indianapolis. Both teams came in at 5-5. Five and five. The winner of this game at 6-5 and five will be the number 6 seed currently in the AFC playoff standings. So the Colts down 7 at home with 4.5 minutes to go, but they got the ball right now at the 12-yard line of the Dolphins, first and 10. So Andrew Luck trying to find some magic right now. His first down play is an end zone pass. Touchdown. It is a touchdown. So, pending the extra point, Ebron. the Colts could tie this game up with about four minutes to go. That's Ebron. That's his 11th touchdown. You're talking about one man's trash is another man's treasure. Mm-hmm. Didn't work out for him in, with Matthew Stafford in Detroit, but he's come to, to Indianapolis, and you know how Andrew Luck loves his tight ends, man. This he is does. a perfect fit for him. Well, perfect. Y- you know, yesterday I did the show here on Fox with TJ Hushman Zada. Great wide receiver, Pro Bowl wide receiver mm-hmm. with the Bengals, a couple other teams as well, and any receiver, let's face it, tight end, wide receiver, you're at the mercy of your quarterback. Yes. You know, I mean, careers have been made and broken of receivers based on who's actually throwing the ball. That is and, correct. And uh, when you got Andrew Luck out there throwing the ball, uh, that's a good sign. All right, so 24-23, still waiting for the extra point here. There was an unnecessary roughness call against uh, Miami on the touchdown play that's going to be assessed on the kickoff. Meanwhile, Big Ben right now trying to work some magic, and that was a third and sixth play 
incomplete. Come on. So with 7.19 to go in this one, Pittsburgh is going to have to punt the ball back to a Denver. Come on, Ben. I didn't see this one coming at all. I mean, I know Denver won last week against the Chargers, but that was more of a throwaway by the Chargers. I mean, they just did everything possible to throw that game away, and they did and ended up losing. Denver has definitely hung in there with a Steeler team that I had rising in my power rankings. Yeah. You know, after a very slow start this year, the Steelers have been on a roll, and this has really been an indifferent game for them, Ephraim. Yeah, it has. It just uh, some turnovers, uh, and Denver Broncos are, are taking advantage of those turnovers. Now it looks like Ben and, and Juju Smith-Schuster on that third and six were on the uh, different pages. Mm-hmm. It's just those little things right there, especially when you're, you know, you're playing a team and, and they're clicking. Everything has to be right. You know, you have to do everything right. And, and, and right now, um, it's, not, it's not working out that way. And, and they're on the road. It, it gets really tough to play in the third and fourth quarter in Denver. That altitude really starts to affect opposing Now, you uh, played for the Broncos. I played for the Broncos, and I played against them. Did you get adjusted to it? I mean, actually yeah, you, playing you, there where you suddenly realize, well, we really do have a home field advantage with this altitude? Well, when you first get there, as a free agent, when I signed there and went to off-season workouts, we did a lot of running. I was like, "What? Why are we running so much?" <laughs> but what it does is it acclimates you to to the altitude, sure, because altitude sickness is a real thing. Like, <laughs> yeah, it will jump inside of your body and have a mind of its own. Guys are throwing up, passing out, all kinds of stuff. So, getting your body adjusted to that to where it's not affecting you anymore. That's why all the Olympic training centers are above uh, uh, extreme high altitudes because when you get down to uh, sea level, it's it's easy, right? You, you, your body has been trained uh, to perform with less oxygen in its lungs, and if you haven't had that type of training, it wears on you. As a player, uh, in this game, we saw Antonio Brown huffing and puffing with the extra oxygen mask on the sidelines because it gets inside of you and it, and it, it, it cripples you. You can't focus. You, as you, your explosiveness is gone. I mean, it's a real thing. I want to ask you, uh, Ephraim, about a team that, if they're not the most disappointing team in the league, I'm going to just say it. They are the most disappointing team in the league. The Jacksonville Jaguars. Oh, yeah. We're in the AFC Championship game, played competitive against the Patriots. Remember, Blake Bortles played well enough to get a contract extension. No one was arguing about that. They started the year 3-1, and one, and now they've lost seven in a row. They lose to Buffalo today. What has yeah. happened to this well, team? Well, this is not a surprise to me. I um, It's not a surprise that they're 3-8? and eight? No. When we do our bowl predictions yeah. uh, before the season starts, Mine was that the Jacksonville Jaguars wouldn't make the playoffs, and they wouldn't. Why? Why would you say that? On paper, they their defense Blake was Bortles. in the conversation. Blake Bortles. It. It. But it's not just Blake Bortles. I mean, their let me team tell you. Let me tell you this. Let me tell you this. And an era where quarterbacks mean everything, right? If you don't have one, you can't consistently get to the playoffs. It's just not going to happen. Look at the division they played in last year. No Deshaun Watson, hurt. Right. No Andrew Luck, hurt. Off and on Marcus Mariota. Mm-hmm. We, right? Yeah. In that division, with those circumstances, 
you can win that division. You can make it to the playoffs with a strong defense. But now you have Andrew Luck back. He's clicking on all cylinders. You have uh, Deshaun Watson. He's clicking on all cylinders. So you look at these teams now, and they have formidable quarterbacks. It was no way Blake Bortles was going to be able to But they overcame that last year. Yeah, because they weren't playing anybody in their division. That's what I'm trying to tell you. No one had quarterbacks. It's easy to overcome it if you don't have to out. Take case in point. Yeah. Their first round playoff win was against Buffalo. Yes. Blake Bortles had 84 yards passing and 87 yards rushing. Correct. He became the first guy to win a playoff game with more rushing yards than passing yards as a quarterback. I think it was like forever. Yeah. Yeah. That wasn't going to happen again. <laughs> Just so you know. I, they were I, a sexy pick this year. They were not for me. All right. Well, it's interesting you had that foresight. All right. Uh, let me ask you this. I'm going to give you some names right now of teams. So the, right now, as it stands, look, the Chiefs are the one seed. Steelers are at the two, but they're losing right now, so that could change. Patriots are at three. They could move up. Texans, obviously, we're going to get into that game coming up here shortly. Chargers are securely the number one wild card at number five. I'm going to give you the names of teams that have five losses, four teams with five losses right now. Two of them are playing each other right now, and they're tied, and that's Miami and Indianapolis. Is that it? Oh, what happened there? All right, three and a half minutes to go. So the Dolphins, I think, avoided a disaster. So you have the Dolphins, you have the Colts, you have the Ravens, and then you have the Titans. Yep. Which one of those teams do you like best? Dolphins, Ravens, Titans. Dolphins, Ravens, Titans, Colts. I take the Colts. Do you like the Cleveland Browns better than any of those? Teams? I do like the Cleveland Browns. I know you do. I, I, I do. They're like not the out of it. Browns. I mean, They're if four, six, and one. Look, this second wild card could conceivably go to a nine and seventeen. Yeah. The problem for the Browns is. They'll They're going to have to go 5-0 and oh they to get to 9-6-1. They got to win them all. Why not? All right, let me look at the Browns' schedule. I'm just curious about the Browns' schedule. Let's see how 5-0 and oh would work out for them. All right, so they're, uh, let's see here. They're at the Texans. Mm-hmm. That could be over right there. <laughs> all right, anyway, <laughs> at the Texans, Panthers at home, at the Broncos, Bengals at home, and then at the Ravens. Can you imagine that Browns-Ravens game in Baltimore was for a second wild card Would spot. Would that be amazing? In Baltimore? Be good, be good football. Yeah, but they have to beat Houston first. Are you surprised about the Texans? They started well, I, I, I wanna save I wanna save that because you know, we we're gonna get into that. Well let I, I let's save that because I want to get into the Monday night battle because again, the Texans are a team that just lost their owner, Bob McNair. Mm-hmm. And I interviewed Bob McNair. Do you have a chance to meet Bob McNair? Yeah, I played for him. That's right, you did play for him. Yeah. That's right. What were your impressions of McNair? Bob was uh, Bob was okay. He was know? okay. Now yeah. he had some controversy he had recently. Some controversy. He did yeah, some when things. he talked about the inmates running the asylum. He and also he had made some comments back in '08 mm-hmm. that he made you go like, what? Yeah, you know. But you know, he was he was Bob McNair. He was Mister McNair. You know. Yeah. He gave me an opportunity to come play, uh, and you know, paid me some money. To, to come play for his organization, and I loved it out in here. Was he a hands-on guy, or what kind of guy was he? No, he, he, was, he was there. He was a part of it. You yeah. know, he and his son, uh, Cowboy Cal, is, is what we, <laughs> Cal McNair is what we you know, nicknamed Cowboy Cal. Uh-huh. Um, 
and it was a, it was a good organization. Like it was it was I enjoyed my time in Houston. Well, they started the year zero and three, and they haven't lost since. All right, we're in rebounds. the Geico Fox Sports Radio studio. So, what about that Monday night matchup? What about Sunday night? We're gonna break it down coming up next. Steve Harbin, Ephraim Salam. What does it mean when Geico says just 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance? It means you probably should have gone to Geico.com 15 minutes ago. All right, three and a half minutes ago. Steelers have the ball trailing 24-17 in Denver, and they're on the move. Meanwhile, with a minute and a half to go in regulation, I'm going to have to say that now, Miami and Indy are tied at 24. So we're going to have two exciting finishes in these games and Indy right now is inside. They're down the 15-yard line of the Dolphins, and they're going to run some clock here. So this is going to be its third and one, third and one right there. Uh, meanwhile, Pittsburgh is at – they're in Denver territory. 30, but they need a touchdown 36. to tie this one, and they yep. are inside three minutes to go here, Ephraim. What do you say? There's your buddy. Yes, nice. Sideline nice pass to First Juju down. Smith-Schuster right there. Boy, he's had a monster game. Yes, he had a monster You know, when you attack on that 97 yards, (laughs) you get one of those kind of catches. Yeah, anything after that is gravy, baby. Uh, He is now 12 catches for 170 yards. Big Ben, my last check, 457 yards passing. Yes. Does that score any points for you? He only has one touchdown, though. It's all right. Just keep piling up (laughs) Oh, I'm sorry. Smith-Schuster update. That's... uh, 13 catches, 189 yards, including the 97 yards. And so that's the 20-yard line. And it's good it's going to him and not uh, and not uh, Antonio Brown because I think I'm playing against Antonio Brown. All right, speaking of, he yeah, just I caught understand. a pass. All right, the Colts are letting the clock run down right now. Fourth down, they are getting ready for what would be a game-winning field goal. Colts trailed most of this game. I ain't played very well in this game, but now Vinatieri is coming out to uh, uh, kick the game winner. Here we go. The all-time leading scorer in the history of the National Football League. He broke Morton Anderson's all-time record. However, earlier in this game, he missed one. Yeah, got blocked. So there it is. There so, he is looking there. He's got a lot of gray in the beard now. He's 40, what he, 45 years old. Go, Ben. Go, Ben. All right, so we get ready for this, uh, what would be a game-winning field goal for the Colts. There is three seconds on the clock. It is a 32-yard attempt for a guy that should know how to make kicks like this. He's made a lot of big kicks in what will be a Hall of Fame career. The kick is up, and the kick is right down the middle, and the Indianapolis Colts have defeated the Miami Dolphins 27-24. to So that moves the Colts to 6-5. and The Ravens. Are six and five, they're so those bowl two game teams, eligible. Yeah, bowl eligible. They're bowl eligible. Uh, I know they're they're right now tied for that number six spot uh, in the AFC playoffs. So uh, Vinatieri delivers as he was expected to do. Uh, meanwhile, we're inside the two minute warning right now. Broncos are leading the Steelers twenty four to seventeen. All right. So while we await the end of that game, I want to talk a little about tomorrow night uh, as we have Tennessee taking on Houston. The Texans were 0-3, and now they've rattled off seven straight wins. Now, we've been talking, obviously, about the Chiefs. You talk about the Steelers. We've talked about the Chargers. You talk about the Patriots always. Where are the Texans in all this? I mean, are are they a team to look at once the playoffs begin? Think about this right now. If the playoffs are to begin today, 
the Texans would be hosting the Chargers in a wild card game. Yeah. Chargers at Houston. Who would you take in that game? I'd take, uh, oof, that's a tough one. <laughs> Chargers and at Mel- Houston. And, uh, Melvin Gordon, depending on what that injury okay, looks like. Okay, well, Melvin like. Gordon's a factor, no doubt. Um, if he's not available, then I'm going with the home team, Houston. But if he is healthy? Then that's a different story. So, Phillip Rivers, who hasn't had a lot of playoff games in his career. Remember, they've only been in the playoffs once since 2009. And they split a couple of games that year in 2013. Uh, do you trust Rivers in a big game on the road? I do trust Against Rivers. that Houston I, defense? I, I, that Houston defense is something fearsome. Yeah. Uh, and just the playmaking ability of Deshaun Watson makes Houston a, a formidable foe, big time. Oh, no question about that. Meanwhile, there's the Titans. They are still on the cusp right now. They're sitting at 5-5, five and five, so if they were to pull an upset – um, of course, last week, I mean, they just got crushed by the Colts. Yeah, the, I mean, it the, was it was like the the wow. problem with the Titans, and that was the week after they annihilated the Patriots. Yeah, the pro- you beat the Patriots thirty four. In fact, they won at Dallas twenty eight fourteen. They annihilate the Patriots thirty four to ten, and then they go to Indy and lose thirty eight to ten. The problem with the Titans is you don't know who's huh? going to show up. You don't wow. know which Marcus Mariota is going mm-hmm. to show up. The guy who throws for over three hundred yards against the Patriots, or the guy who throws for like ninety six yards. You know, you just don't know. How do you do that at Dallas twenty eight fourteen dominate home against the Patriots thirty four to ten? You don't see the Patriots at this point of the season lose games like that, right? And you're rolling, and you go to Indy, and you lose 38-10. to 10. Is it just, um, you know, the inconsistency? And I think that's why Mariota hasn't taken and that by next the way, step as a quarterback. Is he's just been too inconsistent. Here's the thing about Tennessee. Ready for this? After they play in Houston tonight, here's their last five games. You ready? Mm-hmm. Jets at home. Jaguars at home. At the Giants. Redskins at home, Colts at home. Wow, mm. that's a pretty favorable schedule yes, for the uh, Tennessee Titans. Yes, so, uh, all right, so now one thirty-seven. the clock is running. We got third and goal for Pittsburgh. And again, they are trailing Denver 24-17. to 17. This is a critical play right here. You got to go for it, obviously. We're inside a minute and a half. They're not going to go for any field goal here, so... What are we looking at? Where are we right now? We're at third and goal. Third Show me a goal. shot where I can actually see where the ball is sitting. It's on the two-yard two line. Two-and-a-half-yard two line. line. All right. They're in the shotgun formation. I love doing play-by-play, by the way, especially when the game's on the line. They messed up that play, and he threw an interception in the end zone. Game wow. over. What game. the hell just happened? Game blouses. That was awful. All right. So let me try to describe this play. So Ben was in the shotgun, and it looked like they were going to fake an inside handoff. But the running back actually, I was I don't know if that was Connor, but ran into Ben. Ben pulled the ball back and sort of shot put one right into the middle of the field, right into the arms of the Broncos. Wow. What did I just look at? Let's take a look at this play again here. We're watching a replay here. Fake handoff. No one was open. I mean, what where, what is Ben doing here? I don't know where he was going with the ball. I mean, what is he doing? Um, even, 
I, I, if he didn't, if the defensive lineman didn't pick it, it wasn't off. a great snap. It was supposed to be everything was stumbling. I mean, just wow, that is about the worst. I guess it was going to be a past Antonio Brown, but he was he was covered even. That's it. So the uh, all right now this changes the whole dynamic of things right now. So that loss for the Pittsburgh Steelers changes the whole dynamic. That means now that in the AFC playoff picture, Ephraim, the Chiefs are the one seed, and now the Patriots are the two seed. And if Houston wins tonight, they would be the three seed, and the Steelers fall to four, and then you would have the Chargers at the Steelers, who just happen to be playing each other in Pittsburgh next week. Mm. How How does this... With the Steelers losing this game today, how does that shake out for Pittsburgh hosting the Chargers next week? Uh, it just adds a sense of urgency to it. Now you you can't lose these games. You can't, especially you know at home. Mm-hmm. You, you can't you can't lose games to to playoff teams because once you play a playoff team this late in the season. Everything is jockeying for position. So every time a playoff team beats you, it drops you further down outside of the wild card race. So the Steelers' six-game winning streak is history as the Denver Broncos, who, by the way, are back into the playoff chase. They're 5-6, and six, so they're certainly not done yet. You got all these teams bunched up with five or six losses so uh, some crazy things going on right now. All right, we're in the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. Uh, we got one more game tonight. That would be the Green Bay Packers, speaking of a team trying to stay alive, on the road against the Minnesota Vikings. We're going to break that game down. But right now, as we sit in these Geico Fox Sports Radio studios, we want to see what's trending. Mr. Gascon, how are you? I'm doing good. You know what? Speaking of trending... Steve, I know you're not big on social media. Ephraim, no. you are. Yes, he kills on social media. <laughs> Were you looking on the sports world this morning to see what or who was trending? Uh, Yeah, a little bit. Did you notice an NBA player that was trending? I did. Yeah. Get your take on that. One Dwight Howard? <laughs> yes, sir. Quite possibly? Yes, sir. Yeah, that was interesting. Speaking of trending, fellas, got all kinds of action wrapping up right now. Colts and Dolphins. Three seconds left to go. This is the final play of the game. And Adam Vinatieri would give the Colts their fifth consecutive win if he can nail it from 32 yards away. Snap, ball down, kick is up. It's got the distance. It's good! It's good! The Colts have won it! The Colts have won it! Indianapolis has won five consecutive games. Final score at Lucas Oil Stadium. It's the Colts. 27, the Miami Dolphins, 24. Andrew Luck again, 300-plus yards today, 343 to be exact, and three touchdown tosses, two of them to Eric Ebron, who had 45 yards in the day and two scores. Colts again win it. Meanwhile, a ball game that just went final in the Mile High City. Smith-Schuster by himself. Now Washington in motion wide right on third down and goal. Snap. Quick pass to the middle. Intercepted in the end zone. Intercepted by Shelby Harris. They tried to... Dumped the ball over the middle of the field after the run fake. And Shelby Harris, the defensive lineman with the play of the game. 63 seconds to go and the Broncos are going to get out of here. 
with a 24-17 victory. Guys, this was a wild game. Ben Roethlisberger had a 97-yard touchdown bomb to Juju Smith-Schuster. Pittsburgh had a fake field goal that was good for a touchdown just before the half. Broncos kicked or excuse me, blocked a field goal try. Picked off Ben Roethlisberger twice, forced a fumble, and they win this thing, as they mentioned, too, in a nail-biter. It was a fantastic ball game, 24-17. One other note, two other notes, too, on the Broncos. They've lost four games this year by four points or less, and their upcoming schedule at Cincinnati, at San Francisco, and then home against Cleveland, Mm. at Oakland, and then at home against the L.A. Chargers. Yeah, like I said, they're they're sitting at five and six. Nine and seven is definitely going to be in the conversation for that final playoff spot in the AFC. No question. It's gross. It is gross. Gotta get at least ten wins. No, not this year. Not this year. I mean, there's gonna be five teams with ten wins, but that that sixth team is gonna be lucky, maybe, to get to uh, nine wins. David, great stuff as always. We appreciate it. We're coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. Easy to save 15% or more on your car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. Tonight, it's going to be the Packers and the Vikings. Packers are 4-5-1. and one. The Vikings are 5-4-1. and one. The one on both of their records was against each other. That's right. The infamous 29-all tie, Ephraim, back on September 16th. You remember that was when the Vikings rookie kicker Daniel Carlson who's now with the Raiders, missed three field goals, including two in overtime. The Col- and the Packers this year are 4-0-1 at home, and they are a whopping 0-5 on the road, and they are in Minnesota. Meanwhile, the Vikings were a sexy pick this year. They thought they had a major upgrade with Kirk Cousins at quarterback. That is not materialized. You don't like that. Yeah. Who who was who is it that made that decision that Kirk Cousins was some kind of franchise Super Bowl caliber quarterback? Who made that decision? Uh, I mean, I don't know. I think look, Kirk Cousins is a formidable quarterback. He is. He is. Not in terms of wins and losses, he's not. Yeah, but you know, he can spread the ball around. He has 19 touchdowns this season, uh, seven picks. Ah, oh, these are empty numbers. You know that. I Jeff George it. used to put up numbers like these. <laughs> I remember a year with the uh, Raiders where yeah, Jeff George had 29 touchdowns, were, nine picks, and they were 4-12. and 12. I get it, but they were banking on that defense being what it was last year, and right. you bring someone in who is formidable at quarterback, and you lean heavily on the defense. So I get that. I understand that. Well, the uh, Vikings, of course, last week lost to the Bears, which meant that the Bears, the Bears – Mike Nagy the Bears. has become the guy in the NFC North and leading the Bears to supremacy, so it's not even a question. The Bears are going to win the NFC North. By the way, how much are you looking forward to that Bears game against the Rams? Oh, that's going to be great. That's going to be that's a game. That's going to be a good game. Are you, are you sold on the Bears right now? Are I am, they better I'm, than the Packers and the Vikings? I believe the Bears are better than the Packers and the Vikings. Why aren't the Packers better? And then they just give Aaron Rodgers the richest contract in the history of the National Football League? Yeah, they did. But the Mm -hmm. Bears just gave the richest contract to a defensive player uh, (laughs) in the history of the league. So you have that going for you. Why are the Packers not winning on the road? I mean, 0-5 when you have Aaron Rodgers? You just don't have enough talent around them. It's been like that for for years. So it's not Aaron Rodgers' fault in in the least. Well, I mean, I'm not going to say that because you look at what Drew Brees has been able to do with whoever they put on the field with him. Right. And he's been able to make those guys exceptional. 
right? You take a sixth, seventh round draft pick and make them, you know, an all pro receiver, all pro running back. So it, it's just the fact that, and you can't even say that if he had a running game, it'd be different in terms of Aaron Rodgers because the Saints hadn't had a running game for decades and now they do. And it just made him that much better with Drew Brees being dynamic. So Well, last time we were sitting together, I was rooting on my guy, my fantasy team, Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones. He's a pretty good back. Pretty He's good averaging back. six and a half yards to carry. Here's what you do and understand. All right, you have Devontae Adams with mm-hmm. the Packers. You got Jimmy Graham. Jimmy Graham. They don't use and, him. I mean, what? They don't use him at all. Nobody knows how to use Jimmy Graham except Drew Brees. Drew Brees. Drew right. Brees found him all over the place. He's Pro Bowl perennial. Seemed on his a ticket to the Hall of Fame. And then yeah. all, Seattle couldn't figure him out. Green Bay can't figure it out. How do you not get the ball in the hands of Jimmy Graham? And, and you know, I think Jimmy Graham now is nursing a broken thumb. Yeah. Uh, so he's questionable for this game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, he, he, you know. <laughs> it, it, it's, it's just that, you know, whether his thumb is 100% or not, the mm-hmm. fact that they don't even use him speaks volume. You, you know, know? The, the weird stat on Rodgers this year, the 61.8% completion percentage is is below his normal standard. He has 19 touchdowns. He has one interception. Is, is he morphing into Alex Smith? I mean, he's never been a big interception guy, but is it – is it to the point now where he's almost playing scared, trying to avoid turnovers no. as sir, instead of trying to make plays? And the funny thing is at the same point of the season, you look at someone like Patrick Mahomes who has yeah. 37 touchdowns. 37 touchdowns, exactly. Goodness gracious. By the way, how do you, I want, I'm interested in this. Okay, again, we haven't had a chance to talk since that historic uh, Monday Night Football game. Mahomes in that game. Six touchdown passes, mm-hmm. right? He had five turnovers. No, here we go. MVP race right here. All right. Drew Brees is number one. Should be number one. Yep. But Mahomes, how do you grade out a quarterback like Mahomes last week who has five turnovers in the game, three interceptions, and two, two fumbles? fumbles. And does that offset six touchdowns? I mean, how do you grade well, a quarterback it, it, based it, on five turnovers? It, it definitely – so he's plus one. He's plus one right. in, in terms of that's not an A game. No, it's not an A game. But his unflappableness in terms of the big moments, right? Did the lights it, just go out in here. Yeah, it just got dim. <laughs> just, just got real dim. Did somebody, yeah. Bobo, did you uh, give us a little mood lighting in yeah. here right now, or what the heck happened? Four thirty-seven, baby. The lights <laughs> go down. <laughs> but the fact that. At, at any point during the game, whether they're up or down, you look at Patrick Mahomes, he's out there having fun. He's unbothered. Mm-hmm. He's unbothered by a turnover. He's unbothered by a fumble. He just gets back up, gets back in there, and puts points on the board. And I and I, I think that's a remarkable trait for a young quarterback. Uh, I, I wanted to I'm, – I'm glad that we brought up this Mahomes because this is something I wanted to ask you today. You know, for years we have seen a resistance from the NFL – to take what the college game was giving them. So you had these wide, spread wide offenses, especially out of the Big 12, guys putting up these ungodly numbers, and they would never even get a shot in the NFL. Like right. they, they were just thinking they're gimmick guys. So here's Mahomes and Baker Mayfield, by the way. You know, two guys that had that historic game we talked about mm-hmm. where you know, they, they put up over 1,700 total yards when Oklahoma played Texas Tech a couple of years ago. But a guy like Mahomes, when you think back to other 
Texas Tech quarterbacks. They never saw the light of day, even though they put up these ungodly numbers. Why is it different with Mahomes? Is it, Did Kansas City finally get wise to the idea, let's allow this guy to do what he did at the college level and see how it plays out in the NFL? The narrative changed, and we saw this happen first with John Fox and Tim Tebow. Yes. It used to be an ego thing. Offensive coordinators and head coaches love their systems. Mm-hmm. These are the systems that they have been running their entire coaching careers. Yes. We're not going to change the system for you. You must conform to our system. That's why we saw a lot of guys falter, a lot of quarterbacks falter. Well, how do you evaluate quarterbacks in coming out of college if none of them have played in a system that you're running? You just have to look at the intangibles, right? Right. You have to look at the size, the hand size, the uh, accuracy with the ball, and try to mold them into the quarterback you wanted to do. What John Fox did years ago will say, okay, look, Tim Tebow can't take the ball from the center. Right. He can't drop back and throw the ball like this. We're going to change the offense. We're going to run the offense he ran at Florida and had success. They had success with that. That opened the door to coaches saying, hmm, wait a minute. And then also coaches are getting younger and younger. We saw it again in um, Washington with RG3 and Kyle Shanahan and Mike Shanahan. Yes. I know the systems they run. When they had RG3, they were like, okay, well, this is not going to work, so we're going to tra- change to a read option, what he ran and what he was comfortable doing. And they won so, seven in a row. Right, and that was the birth of now coaches thinking differently in terms of talent and how they can incorporate the talent uh, um, around the, the plays that they call. And we see a lot more of that. That's why we see these young guys coming in and having tremendous success. A few years ago, we didn't have RPOs, run-pass options. That wasn't part of NFL game plan. Now, you know, with the success of, of, of Philadelphia last year, Carson Wentz run-pass run options, and then with Nick Foles, it's kind of caught on like wildfire. Now we're seeing it all over the place. These young quarterbacks coming into the league are used to doing that in college. See, as you were saying all this, Ephraim, the light went back on. Yeah. It's almost like the light went on. Yeah, like the, you're, you're talking Beep. sense right now, and now they're actually listening to you, and it's working yeah. around the National Football League. All right, we're in the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios coming down the stretch for us. Again, the big Sunday night game, Monday night tomorrow. Week 12 is about ready to wrap up, and plenty of heroes to talk about coming up next. Steve Hartman, Ephraim Salam. Great news. Quick way. For you to save money, switch to Geico. Go to Geico.com and in 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on your car insurance. I want to thank the crew today. Bobo doesn't look 100% right now, but he's like 99%. He jumped in for Alex here. That Bobo, man. He's living a life. Living a life. Living a life. Like it's golden. Will, relieved that the Patriots won today. Beat those mighty Jets. Always good. Very much relieved. Very much relieved. <laughs> they got to 8-3. and three. In fact, because the Steelers lost, that means that the uh, the Pats are back to the number two seed right mm-hmm. now in the AFC. David Gascon doing updates as only he can for pure brilliance out there. David Gagon. Yeah. <laughs> and then there's Lita Lap, who's a little nervous right now because his Packers are pretty much in a must-win situation right now. 
Would you say it's must win, Lee? I would say it is a must win, but if we get through tonight and make it, uh, the schedule looks uh, favorable going forward. So, All right, we'll so there goes. you go. Uh, again, the Packers have not won a road game all season long. It's been a gr- crazy day today in the National Football League. Plenty of MVPs. Here we go. Go get it. Let's go. That's it. This is Fox Football Sunday. MVP. MVP. Most valuable plays. Jaguars and Bills. First and 10 Buffalo at the 25. Allen sets up deep. Seven-step drop. Fires it deep. Looking for Foster. Makes the catch at the Jacksonville 40. Scooting on the right sideline. He's going. He's going. He is in. A 75-yard strike from Josh Allen to Robert Foster. Touchdown, Buffalo. WGR and the Bills Radio Network. Browns and Bengals. Second down and goal at the Cincy 6. He's got the snap. Looks left. Comes back middle. Throws tight end screen. And Joku hops up at the 2. And they push him and push him into the end zone. Touchdown with a little help from his friends. It's 20 to nothing. The Browns lead. Oh, mercy. Browns Radio Network. Patriots and Jets. Down 7 nothing. Oh, with man. Gordon split right. Three receivers left, including Gronkowski. Four man rushes. Brady takes the snap. Late pressure. A throw Got down it. the middle for Gronk. Open. Lunges. Yeah. Makes the catch. Absorbs the contact. And falls in the end zone for a touchdown. Patriots. WBZFM and the Patriots Radio Network. Here we go. 49ers and Buccaneers. Here's the snap. Winston has protection. It starts to break down. Rolling to his right. He throws the ball against his body. Wide open. Adam Humphries to the 10. To the 5. Humphries to the 3 2 1. Touchdown, Tampa Bay. Adam Humphries. Fire the cannons. 98 Rock in the Buccaneers Radio Network. Raiders and Ravens. Pocket collapsing. Car is hit. The ball comes loose in the 40 yard line. And the Ravens recover. Terrell Sutton picks it up on the run. He's looking for someone to lateral. He's at the 30, the 20, 15, 10, 5. Touchdown, Terrell Suggs. And with 5.55 left to play, the Hayes in the barn. WBAL Ravens Radio Network. Here we go. Cardinals and Chargers. Rivers under center. Fakes the handoff. Rolling to his right. Extending the play. Still rolling to his right. Throws to the end zone. Caught. Touchdown. Keenan Allen. Phillip Rivers stays perfect and throws his third score of the day. Chargers Radio, KFI 640 AM. Dolphins and Colts. Luck by himself in a shotgun. Takes a snap. Looking. Plant sets up. Throws up field. It's caught. Touchdown. Touchdown. It's Eric Ebron. It is 24 to 23. Eric Ebron strikes for the second time today. Colts Radio Network. Steelers and Broncos. Keenum has them at the line of scrimmage and gets the snap off. Play fake. Keenum rolls to his right. Nobody open. Now has a receiver open. In the end zone. Touchdown, Denver. Emmanuel Sanders beats Joe Hayden again. KOA 8.50 AM, Broncos Radio Network. Seahawks and Panthers. Davis the single setback. This could be ball game. Russell takes the shotgun snap. Looks. Now he's going to throw down the far sideline. Got a man out there reaching up. Making the catches more. Touchdown, Seahawks. David Moore running stride for stride with a defender. Corn Elder 
35 yards out, and Russell threw it on the dime. Seahawks Radio Network. Giants and Eagles. A 43-yard attempt by Jake Elliott. The ball is spotted. The kick is away. And the kick is... They go in the lateral, tackle made, game over. And the Eagles have saved their season. Jake the Giant Killer slays the Giants, and the Eagles win it 25-22. Sports Radio 94 WIP and the Eagles Radio Network. The most valuable plays. Guys are doing a hell of a job. That is unbelievable. This is Fox Football Sunday. All right, big day in the NFL. Still a couple more games, one tonight and one tomorrow. And then again, week 12 will be in the books. No more buys after this week. Everyone's got five games remaining after this week. I want to ask you this, Ephraim, with the Saints rolling right now, I mean, is there rolling, any rolling, art? Rolling. I, mean, I mean, with all due respect to the Chiefs and the Rams, the Saints are the best team right now because their offense is rolling, but their defense seems to be getting better every week. I mean, they're they're crushing people. Yeah. They're, Not just outscoring people, they're crushing people. Yeah, and it's amazing what a, a prolific offense can do for your defense. Gives it confidence, gives it an ability to rest on the sidelines. So why is the Ram defense struggling to hold their opponents down? And, and you know what? Watching that game on, on Monday night, they play well defensively. Well, Aaron Donald played well. Right? Yeah. But Kansas City's are just a different animal. They are a different animal. So are you, Ephraim. <laughs> At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month no matter what kind of entertainment you love addicted to true crime catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on a e crime central crave adventure explore asian action movies on hayah searching for something extreme check out skating snowboarding and more on fuel tv plus the global home of action sports and find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's hit nation playlist there's new free shows and movies to love every week say free this week in your xfinity voice remote okay round two name something that's not boring a laundry oh a book club computer solitaire huh ah oh, sorry we were looking for chumba casino that's right chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino style games join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply see website for details